0: Time again, it's time for some talking bollocks! Yes! It's me, Howard H. Smith. I am your host, that's right. I am lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain. Used to say rebooted, but not anymore, because we're back with a new album, motherfucker! Yep, came out. It's out. Go get it. Acid Rain, The Age of Entitlement... Have a listen. Um, I also do stand-up comedy. I am do stand-up me. I stand-up comedy. Um, stand-up comedian. Uh, been doing that for 25 years. I MC shows as me, Howard Smith. Oh, hello, Mr Robin. There's a Robin just turned up outside my window, and I swear he's staring at me. Isn't that nice? Anyway... Um, that's called a tangent and there will be a few of those um, uh, Yeah, so stand up comedy I MC shows as me I also do uh, a character called Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman you can find Acid Rain and Keith Platt all over social media, all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over Instagram uh, apart from Keith Platt, he's not on Instagram so there you go, uh, I say he, it sounds a bit weird doesn't it, it's me, dressed up as an old man but I refer to him in the third there you go, him, in the third person isn't that fucking weird, I hate it when people do that but when I do it, it seems all right. Yes, that's the kind of utter bullshit uh, that you that you will be hearing over the next few hours. That's right. I'll contradict myself. I will make judgments. And I will do all of that with little or no research. So there you go. If you like the sound of that, you're in the right place. If you don't, fuck off, you cunt. Yeah, that's right. We're full on in The room So, hello, welcome to Talking Talking Bollocks Towers What are we up to this week? What has been happening in the world of metal in the last month? And the answer is A fucking lot I'm going to start off with something shit It looks like Motley Well, it, it, it isn't Motley crew are back That's right Isn't that great news? Hmm. I mean, I, I I should have seen this coming, you know, with the success of The Dirt. Should have seen it coming. But no, didn't didn't see it coming at all. Um, so, yeah, Motley Crue, Def Leppard and Poison are going to tour together. Now, all I can say is, well, you know, if you live in the past and you really enjoyed the 80s, then I would imagine that that is an absolute wet dream for you. And I've got to be honest, I've owned Motley Crue albums and I've owned Def Leppard albums. Not Poison albums, though, because I'm not that way inclined, if you know what I mean. And by that I mean I don't like shit music. And Motley Crue have done some good tunes and I quite enjoyed the the dirt. It was an amusing piece of tat. I mean, it was nowhere near, you know, an expose on... Mm. Motley crew, I've I've talked about it on here before. But it was all right. Um Def Leopard, you know, photograph, what a tune. Um didn't like the later stuff, but yeah, you know, um and poison, mm, sorry. Um so yeah it's, it's what a tour for those of you that like that shit it's a great tour okay um but motley crew coming back and all the rest of it i just think is like vince neil just sort it out vince lay off the pies before the tour please it's I, any i mean they're back and this shit happens and they've obviously been offered so much money they couldn't turn it down um and and this is telling you all about the music business and where it is at the moment um you know Music promoters are desperate to get Motley Crue out of retirement to get some decent money, um, uh, you know, and and to make some money because um, that's the way the world works, unfortunately, because the other tour that I was going to talk to you about before this one was even announced, and that was quite recently, was White Snake, Foreigner and Europe Spring Arena Tour 2020. Well, I tell you what, it's a good job that was announced well before Motley Crue, Def Leppard and Poison, because I think I see some crossover there. Um, wouldn't it be awesome if we could get all six bands on the same bill in an arena, and then something were to happen? <laughs> um, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, White Snake, Foreigner, Europe, Spring Arena Tour, twenty twenty. Jesus, stay away. Um, what else? we coming? a Stone Sour live album? Yeah, Stone Sour have announced they're going to release a live album. Anyone? Anyone care at all? Thought not. There we go. Um, uh, a, a story uh, that was on Blabbermouth. Slayer, uh, sorry, Slayer. Kerry King. Uh, Partnering with Dean Guitars, saying it's going to be a wild, a wild ride for years to come. Um, I mean, I I think it's pretty much an open secret now that we know that Kerry King is, as soon as Slayer is done, is going to be coming back doing something else because he's kind of does. He's not announced it, but he's done and said things like this that make it quite clear that. he is not done, Slayer maybe, but he is not done, so that should be quite interesting, and all the usual fucking, oh, did you see all the debates about people going on, who's going to be in the band, you know, Phil and Selma will be on vocals, and it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, just, people got nothing better to do than speculate, fine, but until it's announced, no one knows, that's all I'm saying, um, what did happen was, um i found this both I, I found this both amusing and sad in equal amounts and sad i mean like boo hoo, not like oh that's sad um yeah machine heads Brixton academy show getting truncated because someone threw a two pint glass of beer that we now that we now do a two pint oh uh, a uh, uh, chucked it um on the soundboard and ruined the gig for everyone. Now, I, I kind of find it amusing, because I'm sure Rob Flynn was doing his best to ruin the gig for everyone anyway, up to that point. But, I mean, that's... Yeah, I'm joking, obviously. But, fucking hell, when a, some knobhead does something like that, it's bad enough, if you think about it. I mean, have you ever been in a crowd where someone's chucked a pint, and either part of the pint has landed on you, or the majority of the pint has landed It's It's not fucking fun, is it? It's not funny. But when you dump a two-pint glass over a soundboard i'm just thinking a why would you buy uh like two pints and then throw it i mean a pint even why why would you throw a pint what are you fucking doing you fucking idiot! what goes through somebody's mind you've got a two pint i mean unless you've taken somebody else's and thrown it in which case you're an even bigger cock Because you've stolen it and then thrown it. Steal it and drink it. I can kind of understand that. But steal it and throw it, no. But then buy it and throw it, no. It's just a whole world of dickhead going on here. Why would you do that? Even to fucking machinehead. Because I'm convinced there's basically machinehead fans and then there's everybody else, right? But um, it's just insane. And And... I'm, I'm. I'm. I've got to think that that was that was done on purpose. You didn't accidentally hit the soundboard. Literally, somebody I, has somebody gone right. Okay, I'm not really enjoying the gig. There's the soundboard. I can hit that with a beer and then gone to the bar and gone, Now fuck it. Make it two pints. <laughs> give me a two pinter. I'm going to make sure I completely fucking get that desk because even if I even if I only hit it slightly, a pint might not be enough to wipe the thing out. So give me two pints. What the what the fuck? goes on in someone's head that makes them do that i'm just i'm and you know answers on a postcard please i cannot fucking work out um uh, so oh, look i have got to say a place where there is no more pain life of agony that album is absolutely kicking my ass at the moment and i don't say ass because i'm not american it's ass okay kicking ass it sounds sh- actually do you know what it doesn't sound right, does it? I know I've done this before. I know I've said this before. Back in the day, ass or ass, but kicking ass is. A, <laughs> let's go out and kick ass. It just sounds jolly hockey sticks, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, let's go and kick ass, and after that we'll go fox hunting, and then maybe some tennis, and then have afternoon tea at the Ritz like a cunt. I mean, what? No, it's it's, it's got to be kick ass, isn't it? So sorry, but there we go. So, life of agony, a place where there is no more pain, is really kicking my ass at the moment. It really fucking is. It is a great fucking album, and I and by that I mean, it's. I, I would say it's kind of like a heavy hard rock album. It's. Not, I mean, it's. It's not comparable to the river Run, Re, runs red at all, and it wouldn't be. It's a lot of fucking water under the bridge since then. Many many years have passed, but. It's a fucking great record. It really is. A great album. I always think when people say great record, I, in my mind, I always think of, like, you know, a record spinning round vinyl, and think, steady on, Grandad. It's an album. So here I am. It's an album. It's a great album. It's fucking brilliant. And you know what? I absolutely love, love the drums on the album. Absolutely superb. There's some lovely little touches that really make some of the songs. And I, I, I just, yeah, just... Really, really unique and very identifiable. Um and as some of you may know and some not, it, the the drummer is Veronica Um Bellino, I think it's um it's pronounced. And um it's fucking all aw- she is awesome, it. She is fucking awesome. And I have to say, and this is not um this is not something I'm proud of, right? But I have to say, I genuinely caught myself in my head being completely Alan Partridge and going. Yeah, you know, it's the old Alan Partridge quote. When he has, it's the first series of Alan Partridge. He has a female band on, and he and he goes up, and and at the end of the song, he goes, "Yeah, very good, um, great drummer." Close your eyes. Could have been a man. And I, honestly, I'm I'm such a I'm such a cunt. I genuinely had the thought of, um, you know, oh, you know, she she's good, and and just catching myself going like, are you are you are you saying like? Oh, she's good. Like it's some sort of surprise because she's a female drummer. And I was like, "That you're such a twat! You are such a twat for even thinking that." And I thought, "Do you know what? I've got to tell. I've got to tell you about it in case any of you catch yourselves doing it because you're twats too. You know, or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only person who thinks like that." But I did, I did and I gave myself a right old slap for it. Um, and um, but just to make a point again, great album. Um, Great drums, great lyrics, great vocals, great bass playing—the lot—and um, had and, and and had a lot of love on social media. Talking Bollocks podcast has had a lot of love on social media from um, um, uh, from Alan Robert, who um, is you know bass player and just extraordinary man. He wrote he wrote the River Runs Red, which in my opinion is one of the top five greatest debut albums of all time. The River Runs Red—if you haven't heard it, go and get it for fuck's sake. What you're doing? Um, uh, and Mina Caputo also. Both of them. Um, retweeted a Talking Bollocks tweet and um, uh, and Alan started following the podcast as well so uh, hello Alan if you're listening I'm sure he's not I'm sure he just follows me on Twitter but there you go it's very very cool and I suggest anybody with an ounce of decency checks the album out because there is something for everyone it's a concept album it's a, it's a follow-up to River, River Runs Red which was a concept album what their debut album was a concept album is in the top five of your favourite debut albums of all time yeah that's right and it's fantastic it's really well done the concept holds together the whole thing works and it is absolutely just spot on um so what else has been going on um well funnily enough i just mentioned that, uh, that there was a there was a uh, i have a balcony I'm, I'm doing this in my lounge and i have a huge uh well i don't have a huge balcony but i have a balcony um uh, that's attached to the lounge obviously i'm making a fucking mess of describing what a fucking balcony is jesus christ um and i got these big you know, glass doors that open out onto the balcony, so I can see straight out. And there's a tree right outside my window. And about four or five o'clock every day, it's full of fucking magpies. Now I fucking hate magpies, right? Because they fucking kill other birds. The other day, I actually found the corpse of a bird in one of my window boxes. Right, I'm sounding so fucking middle class here, aren't I? Um, I said, found a corpse of a bird in in one of my um, window boxes. A headless corpse. I then found the head in the other. Um, window box, and that's because that's what magpies do they they pick on smaller birds and they snap their necks and tear their heads off and then, the following day there was a magpie walking up and down on my window boxes um, on my balcony, looking in looking at me like Where's my, where, where's my killing? Where the fuck is it? What have you done with it? And they're fucking cunts. Magpies are absolute cunts. To the extent I've even thought... I've been toying with the idea of buying an air rifle and fucking taking them out one by one when they're in the fucking tree, right? Now, I'm, that's not exactly making me James Hetfield, right? I'm not exactly going out and killing deer... And and bears, but also I'm not I'm not doing it. I know some of you might be listening to this and thinking, but they're still animals, Howard. You are you are a cunt. So I'm going to unsubscribe and stop listening to the podcast. And if you if you feel that way, goodbye. Um, but it's just they're horrible. They're fucking cunts to the skies. They're worse than pigeons. They're absolute twats. I'm seriously considering um, taking them out. <laughs> this has got nothing to do. It's got nothing to do with. With with metal really, is it? I'm I hope you're hanging in there when you're hearing this. And you're thinking, fucking. Hopefully, he's going to get back to something I'm interested in any minute because this this is not what I tuned in for. Yay! I tuned in. I haven't done any one of those for a while. And do you know what? All of that was about birds. That was a tangent. And I do do those quite a lot. But this is the first one, my second one I've recognised in this podcast alone. And I think on that basis, it's time to get into an interview and I need to go and sit in a darkened room for a while. And you guys need to listen to an interview. So first up, first up in the podcast, it is Barney from Napalm Death. Now, um, Barney and I um, had a right old chat, as I always do um, on the podcast. And what what a great guy is. First of all, um he got in touch with me emailed me emailed me um i we both emailed about about 6 weeks ago and um and he wasn't able to and, and he was responding to an email he got back off tour and just emailed me out of the blue and went hi mate sorry i didn't return your th- this email being away but um but i'm free over blah 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 should we um should we try and do this and it's like that's just how cool is the guy how fucking sound is that um so um so yeah we got to we got to talking about all sorts to be honest with you um and you're going to hear about it all now so you know why would i tell you what we talk about because we're going to talk about it right now but all i've got to say is really enjoyable uh yet another reason why if i were you I'd sign up to the Patreon section of this podcast, okay? That's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Because if you'd been a patriot if you'd been a patron at the time, you'd have got to ask Barney any questions you like. Because you post, you get the you get the podcast early for a start, you get it before everybody else, but you also get a heads up on who's going to be on the show and you get to tell me what questions you'd like to ask. And we do that in a separate podcast. So you get your own separate podcast and you get the original podcast first. And you get loads of acid extras and all sorts of comedy bits and pieces so it's five dollars a month six dollars including tax i think um any patron who's already signed up will tell you it's worthwhile um barney does about another 45 minutes that you won't hear that is on that is on the, the patreon side of the podcast so i know i keep i know i keep plugging it but it's the it's basically it help keep it helped Helps keep the lights on here at Talking Bollocks Towers. It's money that I can invest back into the podcast and we can keep making it strong. And make it, making Talking Bollocks great again. Fucking hell. <laughs> Baseball caps on sale soon. Not a fucking chance. Anyway, enough waffle. Here's me and Barney talking a couple of weeks ago. Hello mate. Hello, mate. How are you? Uh,
1: you are right? Yeah, up so bad. Sorry about that. I am... Um... Oh no. Hello.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that was me screwing up that time.
1: Okay. So yeah, so I, I just waiting for the phone to ring and I thought I'd better go and check the handset and I just realised that the well after after having the phone for about twenty years, the bloody um the, the rechargeable batteries inside the handset have gone up the shitter <laughs> So I tried to put I tried to put some other ones in and it just they weren't they weren't having any so I think the actual phone's knackered, so at least I now know that I've got to go and get a new landline phone. as little as I use it, you
0: know. So. Uh, this, is, this has already been useful. That's what you're trying to tell me, isn't
1: it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fucking pain in you know, the Honestly. The only trouble is you kind of need a landline here because, as I said to you yesterday, like the, the mobile signal's a little bit intermittent. And, you know, sometimes when you want to do interviews and stuff, you know, you need, obviously you need a clear line, you know. So, hopefully, um, you can hear me, okay? And everything's
0: coming through, okay? We're, we're doing all right. Um, I've I've just changed. Uh, I, I probably should have done this before the new album came out, but I've just changed uh, mobile providers. Yeah. Mobile providers for the same reason it's just getting right, just getting drops in calls and stuff where I am. Oh, and, right, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. And it's just a pain
1: in the arse. Um, well, I mean, to, to be honest, I've always used like the. Um, I try probably use the smaller networks. You know, the more sort of. Um, Ethical networks, I suppose, but um, so you, and those those can be a little bit problematic because obviously they haven't got the same clout as the big companies, you know, in terms yeah. of where they piggyback and stuff like that. But but yeah, you know, it's not fucking do it. so it just I'm just in one of them areas where um, it, it, I'm right, like, but basically I'm I'm like five minutes from the sea, and uh, for whatever reason, it tends to be like. I don't know where the master's around there, but I've got a feeling it's quite a ways away, you know what I
2: mean? so, Right. So, you <laughs> so
1: you you're,
0: you're by the sea, did you say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't live in Birmingham. I haven't lived in Birmingham for like five years or something like that, so you know, I live on the coast.
0: Was that was that a, a big conscious move or just, just like, you know, um,
1: something you felt I just wanted to change, I just wanted to change the scenery, to be honest. You know what I mean? i I love Birmingham, you know, it kind of means a lot to me in a lot of ways, but but I also just, I got to a point where I just wanted a bit of a change, you know, and I was fortunate enough to be able to do that at that point, so I was like, you know what, I'm going, so. I had a lot of mates over this way. I wouldn't have come if I was just on my own in terms of, you know, my friends circle, I suppose, but, but, you know, um, I got a lot of mates just up the road, so, you know, it's all
0: right. Well, speaking of which, you know, you you're on the road a hell of a lot, and you have been for about thirty years. Um, that's got to make it difficult to maintain, um, you know, friendships, close relationships, all of those
3: kinds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I guess the cliche is your friends are your friends. You know, they, they they they'll always be your friends if they are your friends. You know, so so I mean, yeah, I mean, I. I I've still got a lot of mates in Birmingham, you know, and um, they, they always... I, I mean, I just spoke to somebody the other day that I hadn't spoke to for a good five or six years now, you know what I mean? And it's not its not because I didn't want to speak to them. It's just, like you say, I've been so fucking preoccupied with no and or other things as well that that are just... Because I'm not in the air anymore, I just tend to last touch a little bit, but... Um, but yeah, so you know, but I'll see that person like pretty soon and yeah, I mean friendships aren't really affected in terms of um non you know, platonic friendships. I mean that that's always fine, you know, but but it is true that um any prospective like relationships beyond that can be a bit tricky, you know. But I am always pretty philosophical about it. You know, it is what it is, you know, And and sometimes it's about about quality rather than quantity of the relationship. You know, so it's like I just get on with it, really. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't let um, it really bother me. And, and you know, it's, it's like anybody. You know, when you when you're involved in certain um, fields of things, you know, uh, traveling, then that's how you meet people, really. So a lot of my relationships have always been a bit long distance. Very tricky, but a couple of them have been and been really good. You know, so. Not of
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling. The old um, long-distance relationship—that's a bit of a favourite of mine. Um, yeah, and, and and I guess it is. You know, you, you you're exactly right. You get so absorbed and so busy in what you're doing that the only way you're going to meet anybody is by meeting somebody who's somehow involved in what you're doing, and that kind of works because they get it. Because for a, what? you know, it, it's it's not the for for want of a better phrase, you know, a civilian, if you want it for better. For, for want of a better phrase, finds the whole life just a a bit a bit too weird.
1: Well, I don't. I do think it's that. I don't think it's that necessarily. I think just purely it comes down to a, um, just a, the human instinct, you know, familiarity, you know, and, and, and sort of closeness. I think I think that can be really fucking testing for some people. You know, it it really can. You know, what I mean. Uh, I suppose technically I'm a musician, you know, <laughs> that that, yeah. but, you know, but it's like, so, I mean, obviously there is, there is kind of a, a stigma behind being a musician sometimes. But, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm just the same as a person as I would be if I was still doing engineering, you know, as I was 30 plus years ago, wherever it is now. So, I, I'm no different, you know, I mean, I don't, I've never been a subscriber to this so-called rock and roll lifestyle. I think it's fucking stupid, to be honest. And I, I just think it's—I just think for the most people that are involved in making music and in whatever sort of way that might be, I, I just think that they would also tell you that it's just a bit of nonsense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's um, so yeah. Uh...
0: It's a bit of um, uh, yeah. I mean, I. I, I guess it's just the, the travelling and everything else that, you know, people struggle with, but that's, you know, that's by the by, yeah. it's the being uh, away.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, I'm, I'm quite philosophical about it. You know, I've had once come and go, some people that I really liked, and it was purely the distance, you know, that, 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 that made it not possible for that other person. I've never I've never had a problem with it. I've always kind of stuck it out. Yeah. Not because I feel that I needed to, or anything like that, but just because I wanted to you know what I mean, and then when it ended yeah sure, you know, everybody gets a bit lighter like, oh, down the mountain, but it's it's fleeting, you know, like it would be a roast ship, a mile down the road, and then you just kind of you just kind of sort of like refreshing and then move on after that, you know I mean yeah. um, I appreciate that not, I appreciate that not everybody's the same and not everybody has the same approach to that, and I wouldn't put anybody down because of that, you know, but it's just it's just the way I do it, with it. and I'm quite comfortable. With it, you know, I've I done it; really, done a problem. You know, so. Yeah, I've kind of
0: been in that a very, a very similar situation a few times myself, and um, uh, and I guess it is. I, I I struggle with being philosophical about it. I
1: guess, really. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's good that you can be truthful about it. You know, it's a lot to think You know, but but I think it's. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of look at it very, very coldly. You know, it's like, well, I kind of ask myself, what's the alternative? You know, what to get, like, really down in the mouth about it? Like,
2: yeah.
1: What am I going to do? How am I going to? I'm not going to, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to resolve the situation. And clearly, if it's somebody that's involved in it's going really well, I mean, it's, not, it's just as hard for them. You know, I mean, yeah. they they yeah. have to come through a decision, as you, would if you so chose to to. Uh, make that decision, you know, so it's, there's, there's really nothing you can do about it, you know, you just have to kind of refresh yourself a little bit and then, and then sort of, and then just, I guess, just get on with your, your life, you know, I mean, don't sort of, um, don't, don't just, like, sort of think to yourself, oh, there's gotta be something else right around the corner because there isn't, you know, very often you've just gotta, <laughs> it's got to carry on and, and things things naturally in time will, will happen you know so
0: it's the way I go yeah there's a very um there's a very uh, um cool phrase i heard recently which was um everything will everything will be all right uh, everything will be all right in the end and if it's not all right it's not the end
1: yeah exactly <laughs> you
0: know, it's really not. you know And that's kind of what I was, that was kind of what was running through my mind as you were talking there, because, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think maybe I've, I think I've, I've kind of fallen into a few relationships where I've kind of seen that, like, especially I think it's easy with a long distance relationship where it's kind of like, well, I'm not actually fully committed here because it's like ultimately doomed before it's even started. I think there's a little fear of, um, sure. of commitment within me that, that that makes me think, oh, no, I like the idea of that because it's almost doomed sure. before it started, which sounds fucking mad now I say it out loud.
1: Yeah, sure, <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is, is that, is that there's, 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 there's both ends of the spectrum there because, sure, you know, you've got to be... You're, you're, got to, I keep saying you got to, that's the wrong way to put it. It's good to be philosophical, you know, it's good to be philosophical when these things end. But, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, when you do something, don't think it's good from the start, you know. I mean, yeah. there are always possibilities. I mean, I know, I know people, um, not necessarily in music, but I know people who have had long distance relationships and, um and basically, it all worked out for them, you know. And um, so, um, a fr- actually, a friend of mine um, around there, you know. Um, he, his wife is Japanese. He met his he met his wife in a pub in the middle of Brighton, you know. <laughs> and you know, so so Brilliant. so, and they, they got on really well. And um, I think she was studying. over here, maybe. And obviously, she went back to Japan in the end. But but it was strong enough that. They kept it going and now now she lives in, in, with him in, in, in Hove, you know, just next to Brighton. So yeah. these things do work out, you know. But you I think I think you can't set your expectations too high or too low. You've just yeah. got to hit a middle path. And you've just got to you just think of it as a relationship two miles down the road if you can, you know, and just just you know, have fun. Uh, enjoy it. Take it easy, you know. Kind of, kind of be, be, be kind, you know. Roll through it, and if it, if it, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, hopefully you can build that, you know. And, and yeah. There's no, there's no hard or fast rules to it, you know. But what you want to do is you do want to protect yourself a
2: little bit. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Don't sort of think that you know the world is over or whatever because, <laughs> because it's not. You know, the life life is has many different. You know, it's it's a it's a variety of experiences. You know,
0: and that's one of them. You know, so. but I think you, you're right there. There's a there's a we all have a built-in you know um self uh, you know safety. We all have a built-in um uh defense mechanism, and yeah, um, and, and sometimes and sometimes you know that that shit can hold you back. You
2: know, it's
1: yeah. I I mean, I think I, I, I hate to say this, you know, because I don't usually put things by age well you know i agree oh you're old enough so you must know better well no there's a lot of people who are older that don't know any better you know what i mean than sort of younger people yeah so i mean but i for my speaking for myself i mean i just um i i don't have a big defense mechanism these days you know cause i don't i try to look at things in the logical way when it comes
2: to me you know
1: and um so I don't feel the need to defend myself like that, you know. It's, I, I really do take things as they come. Yeah. You know, it, of course, it, if it's really serious stuff as a more general but does have a um, heavy impact on, on not, not only me, you know, but the world around me, then then sure, you know, I'll deal with it accordingly. But, but the day-to-day life stuff, I am really fucking it were quite easy going, you know, I'm really philosophical about that stuff,
0: mm-hmm. Is that, is that, have you always been that way or is that life, is that the years, no, years on the yeah, road that have kind of
1: developed that? No, it's not, you know, what, mate, it's nothing to do with the uh, or, or the fact that I'm in France, a bad, smears person, you know. I, I, think, I, think, I think there are lessons to be learned in life, you know, and I, one thing I'm a believer it's just a personal thing, you know, but I think if you make a mistake, and I'm not, I'm not the mistakes are all subjective. Of course, you know. <laughs> of course, but if, if, if it's a mistake that you feel you've made, in your opinion, so if you make a mistake, you know, and, and you don't want to make it again, then don't make it again. Learn from it. You know what I mean? I mean, you can you can certainly make a mistake once or twice, maybe even three times. But I think once you get to that three, that that third time milestone, and you don't want you don't want to want it to happen again, then kind of learn from it. You know what I mean? And make, it, make a change. Um, again, that, that, that's not a moral judgment at all, you know. Um, it's 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 a personal thing, I suppose. But yeah, I mean that's that's my attitude towards <laughs> Um And is, I, I
0: mean, where, where does that come from initially? Is that from just you know, as, as long as you can remember how you were raised? Um...
1: Honestly, honestly, myself, you know, to be honest with you, and not my parents, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. You know, because I'm I, I, it's just myself. It's just seeing the world around me and, you know, coming to a logical future. You know, I, I I'm all about the sort of the logic, you know. I, I I it's just it's just what it is to me. You know, I like the I don't I don't like to pin myself into the category, but but I do like the kind of humanist um approach to like, you know, the kind of thing that life is like and it will bring things along and have just gotta deal with it accordingly, you know. And tr- and and as and, and and as much as nobody's perfect and we all have character quirks, you know, always try and try and feel things in a humane way, you know, and that includes for yourself as well, you know, towards yourself and to others, you know. So so I think when you when you understand that, I think that gives you a very logical, quite clear, and some might say quite cold, you know, look at things, you know, which which sounds like given given about, given some of the things that they're in, in, in Napalm, in terms of the, the, the ethos and the some might say it's a to of a contradiction, you know, but the life is full of contradictions, you know, and you, you need to, you know, it is, that's not a bad thing necessarily, you know, in a lot of respects, so, so I think we just have to deal with things that they, as they come out of your court. You know, you know.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, would you, say that, would you say that makes you not a particularly spiritual person?
1: I'm not spiritual at all. You've hit the nail on the head, actually. I'm, I, I don't, I just not, I, I'm not spiritual at all. And please, people, sometimes can't get their heads. Like, well, I know you're not religious and I accept that, but you must have some kind of spirituality. No, I'm not. No. I'm pure I'm pure scientific explosion. Lo- your, your logic. You know, chemical process sort of person. That's what I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Of course, I, I'm, I consider myself to be, uh, I don't sort of sound pretentious, but I consider myself to be a humanitarian. Absolutely, 100%. But I'm not spiritual, I'm, I'm not at all. I believe in the cold, hard science of things, the physics, the chemical processes, and and, and and beyond that, as a human being, at the, to- uh, as at the top of the evolutionary uh, cycle, You know, then I have the capacity to be humane, and, and, and you know, and, and treat human
0: beings accordingly. That's yes. the way I deal with things as a whole. Anyway, so, yeah, it's um, it, I I've always struggled with that whole spiritual thing, and um, I'm and we're very similar in many ways. Actually, I had not realised how, how many. Um, it's uh, yeah, I think I don't know. I think things are just too, I think things are too straightforward for for the whole kind of. Spirit spiritual journey for me. Um, yeah. There's just, there's too much of life to be dealing with without exploring yeah. that it might or yeah. might not be a thing. Well, I don't think,
1: I think, I, I would disagree with that to a point. I think that it's not that there's too much of life. It's just, There's no evidence to suggest there is anything otherwise. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's, that's the point, you know. Yeah. I Beautifully mean, Life. Put, yeah. life you, you, you're, you're totally right. Life is completely um feels like a cannonball sometimes it's rolling and you can't do anything to stop it and that's what it is you know but but there, there's to me there's no there's no sort of um uh um, ultimate claim you know i've not seen any evidence at all you know you know i, I often have a dis- discussion with my mum, you know and i think I told you, it it's me a bit insensitive you know because we we talk about our grandparents who were, who were great actually fantastic you know and, and, and obviously, they're dead now. She says, you know, I, I saw your granddad at the end of my bed. I'm sure of it. I said, Mum, I said, I'll be completely, I, I'm to will try and be, you know, sort of. Be. I'm like, Mum, I'm like, that's that's because you're in a heightened state of, you know, emotion. You know, I said, you, you didn't see, you know, there's no evidence. So it goes, oh, well, I reckon, I saw it. I said, Mum, OK, you're entitled to what, what you think, you know, of course you are, you know. But I said, there's no physical evidence. To any of that stuff you know in any capacity you know and um it can be explained you know psychologically and stuff you know yeah and she's like oh no well i think and i'm like no, that's fine you know but i'm, I'm just telling you what i also think you know i'm on the, I'm the in, in about the same thing you know so um I'm, again i know it sounds a bit cold you know and maybe a bit intensive but
0: not at all. Oh, not at all. Yeah, it sounds like the know, kind. It sounds like the kind of conversation I'd have with my mum, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And it's good. When, it, but it's great. It's it, you know. I mean, my mum's eighty three now, and um, it, it's great to be out. It's great to when they're you know getting towards the the, the latter years, as as we all are, if you, yeah. really. But um, the, the 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 conversations you end up having sometimes the wisdom. I mean, I, my mum told me the other day that she. Um, uh, she went down central London for the celebrations at the end of the second world war and Churchill got out of his car in front of them to wave to the crowds and she was like about two feet away and I was like what was it like she said it was like the, it was like the Beatles and, and, and Elvis and everybody all arriving at once
2: Right, and right. I was just
0: like, fucking, where were these stories? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you got any yeah, more yeah, of
1: these? Yeah. yeah, sure, 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 sure. sure. But it, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, it's... I know what you're yeah, yeah. I mean, different things mean different things to different people, of course, you know what I mean? So, um,
2: yes, yeah. I, I'm,
1: not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure really I've ever had any of those kind of um things, you know. I mean, I've had some fucking crazy shit up to me down the years, you know, one thing or another. And, um, I mean, you know, certainly a different kind of thing. I was there when, like, Jeffrey Dahmer got arrested, you know, I was like, there, you know, on the street, you know. What? And, you know, yeah, I was there in Milwaukee when it all went down, yeah, yeah. You're joking. Yeah, and I was there, you know, so, and obviously I didn't know it afterwards, you know, but uh, yeah, I was there when I was fucking police and FBI and everybody just came from nowhere, you know, so. It's pretty wild, wow. know, but, what, uh, what were you
0: doing out there? Were you just playing out there?
1: Well, it's a gig. It's the gig <laughs> at, at the to the Red right Ballroom, right next to that hotel where 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 they eventually caught him. You know, sort of so, yeah, it's pretty wild.
0: That would have been. Now, that would have been too much of a coincidence if they'd like, you know, nicked him on the same day you were doing a gig or something like that. You'd have been.
1: Um... Well, that's yeah. Well, that's what you know. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's... he was. That's what happened when we were there, you know. Doing a good stuff. So.
0: Fuck me, that is insane.
1: So things happen like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a certain place at a certain time. You know, yes, but you um, put,
0: yeah. But if you're a, if you're a, if you're a logical human being, you, you, you know, you put that down to this thing called coincidence. You
1: know. Um, yeah, it's just coincidence. You know, you, you, you've always got, you're always going to be somewhere. You know what I mean? You know, you're always going to be somewhere. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is. There's been a few things. You know, I've been at a couple of. Um, yeah, I mean I can't always
2: recall the another you know, certain
0: ones, but yeah, I've a couple of things I know but so, it yeah. it 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 is one of those things though it, it's um I don't know, you know, it, it, that is so bizarre being, you know, there when uh, when Jeffrey Dahmer's being arrested and all the rest of it. But like you said, I I yeah. heard another I heard another phrase the other day which, which was um uh, wouldn't it be a coincidence if there weren't any coincidences? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and know, you start down, you start down that down that whole fucking downward spiral. Yeah. There's the old conversation that you end up wondering whether you had it or not. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, all, all all good amateur psychology stuff. You know
0: that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. And the old, you know, oh, you, you do realize that if you had this dream, then that means you're worried about this, and it's like, no, no, not at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, no. Nah. I mean, I, you know, I do, I do get the point that obviously, if you're a student of psychology or anything like that, there are there are processes. If you're measuring from the electrical impulses of the brain, I, I think there are. Obviously, I'm not, am not a scientist, you know, um, to that degree, or even to a, you know, a, a fraction of that degree, you know. But it's like I can understand if you if you if you're sort of studying it in that way. I can see where you could draw conclusions. You know, but I think in terms of ethereal kind of uh, um, assessment of stuff, I don't think you can make come to a conclusion. How can you? You know, there's no basis for the science of that stuff, you know. So, um,
0: well, that's why we've and got... And
1: the brain, the human brain is still not understood, you know, to any great degree. Actually, it's a huge, great mystery still within the brain, you know.
0: There's so many great mysteries, isn't there? There's the human brain. There's, you know, the oceans. I mean, we still haven't discovered the oceans yet. We're determined to fly off into space and see what's there, and we don't even know what's here yet.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm watching. uh... Sorry, go on, I was was just going
0: to say, watching watching some of the um, some of the um, uh, the new, um... oh, what's his name, Richard Attenborough stuff it's just fucking amazing.
1: Um, yeah, sorry, David I, any, I know there's a new one of Seven Worlds in this and like this that. This. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, 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 the species out there that we we would just wouldn't see, you know, in our day to day life. And yeah. They're, they're, they're come up from time to time, and yeah, I mean, it's an incredible world out there, you know, no question. And you know, we are the top of the evolutionary chain, you know. Um, for now. You know, and so therefore, you know sort of um, sentient being, you know, kind of society and all the rest, but it must be a, a, incredible, you know, Obviously, we, we know certain things, but we don't know the whole story, you know, and, and they they would maybe possibly have the struggles and the, the highs and the lows that we have, you know, um, in a different way.
2: Absolutely.
1: It's, a, it's probably more cutthroat in the animal kingdom anyway, you know, because the the survival is always
0: I'm a bit of a high nice you man it's such a lot of species yeah, so. well the thing is that, well the thing is if you're in if you're in nature and you and you exist you've already won haven't you you're not dead yeah well that's the thing yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. it's basically yeah, yeah basically yeah no it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's the music business with creatures <laughs> sorry mate it's, the, yeah, it's yeah. the music business with creatures basically yeah um, yeah yeah Yes. Speaking of which, speaking of which, um, you, is it Russia you just got back from? Uh, did Russia and the states
1: back to back.
0: Lovely, uh, with one day in between, I do believe.
1: Um, Two days in between, yeah. You know, you know, one day to get back and sort of get your bearings, and then in the next day. Yeah. So,
0: so what? So the, the states. Um, uh, who was that with?
1: Uh, it was with the um, municipal waste uh, sick of it all and um, an opening bank called uh, Take Offence. So it was a little bit of a tr- tricky tour, to be honest, because uh, our bass player uh, wasn't able to get out there. He got his visa, and he was it's a some with his visa. Uh, and once we were there, we got a replacement guy, and uh, once we were there, I actually broke my ankle off halfway to the tour. And so... Um, yeah, I was, was, was interesting, you
0: know. That, um, yeah, that doesn't sound like the kind of tour that is, uh, it sounds more of a chore than an achievement.
1: Well, I mean, you've still got to make it. You know, Napalm, Napalm has always been very resilient, you know, and, and we've had some fucking shit out in to be honest. But we've just kind of rode, rode to it. you know, and this one was a bit testing as well. But it could have been worse, you know, it definitely could have been worse. We'd, we'd start one And get on with it, you know. Make the try and make the gigs the best for the people that are, you know, bothering to pay to come to the door.
0: That's a good little bill, though, Um, and um, it's 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 kind of like you've gone from one extreme to the other, from doing the dates with Slayer to then um, doing those dates. It's, I mean, every every gig for Napalm must represent like. Something, something new, because it just seems that you're, you're impossible to pin down, you're impossible to keep in one
1: lane. Well, I mean, the, 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 here's the thing. I mean, the, the, the thing with slayers at 1-0, those things don't come along very often. I mean, we're, 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 we're a band that's, um, uh, you know, we're independent, you know, we're very independent, very sort of self-contained. And we, we, don't, we don't have that sort of appeal. Um, of, of what a lot of bands do, you know, in terms of putting us on your bill, because uh, you know, for a lot of bands, we're just so chaotic and noisy. You know, a lot, a lot of bands just don't want to go near it. You know, and and, and that's as you know, it is, it is what it is. You know, I did I didn't get into music to to. Um, you know, elevate ourselves. So yeah, let's get on those really big bills. It's not what I did, you know, and that's not what I do. I'm best, but be, yeah, I mean, it was nice to be asked and it was nice to do it, you know. We definitely picked up some people, I think, along the way who hadn't sort of really heard of what we do, you know, the sort of thing we do. But equally, there was also a lot of people that were just like standing there like, what the fuck is this like? <laughs> so, <laughs> So, there was a little bit of that as well, um, which I get it, and I fully endorse, actually. <laughs> so that's that's So Part of the thing with no time is, you know, um, certainly on a, on a sonic level, we also get a kick out of annoying people as well, you know. So, the more noise we can make, the better, really. And, um, and so, therefore, you know, we're yeah, yeah, we fitting to anything. I mean, we'll do... Yeah, we do a lot of metal bills, we do a lot of other things, we do a lot of sort of indie rock things as well, and we do we play raves occasionally, we do this and, we did. and I like that, you know, it keeps me interested, I'm not interested in being one or two dimensional. In, you know, I want to do as much as we can, if we have the luxury of being able to do
2: that, you know, so.
0: And if that stuff comes, uh, does that stuff come to you, or do you, you know, or do you say to your agent, you know, keep an eye out for, for interesting stuff, or... Is it, does it? Yeah, I mean, know, how
1: does it come together it's a two way thing it's a two way thing but usually it comes to us I mean you can keep your eye out for stuff all night long but it doesn't make that people get such huge things and problems, you know so 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 yeah usually it comes to us you know um, with a few things that so come to us and um, yeah and then you, you sort of look at it and you know, or, or, you know let's do it or let's not do it you know so um yeah usually things come to us um and, you know, long mate long mate continue. If it's if it's different stuff and, and uh, a wide palette of different things, then, then it keeps me happy. You know, I don't want to do the same thing over and over. You know, it's like it, I know a lot of bands don't have a choice in that matter, but Napalm no, it does. It's got a diversity of feel. You know, it seems to have anyway, and that. I'm quite happy with that. I like.
0: Well, yeah, because it kind of puts you in a... I mean, it's, it's kind of like you're in your own scene, you know? its its I, I, yeah, I don't I, I don't I, envisage I, you as part of a scene.
1: No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's really nice to say. I mean, I don't wish to be arrogant, or don't hopefully people listen and take it like that. I mean, it's not meant like that, you know? You know, I don't consider us to be a, a, a level above everybody else. It's not about that at all. But on the other side of things, I don't want to... Be pigeonhole you know a lot a lot of bands are content to be pigeonhole there's a lot of cliche around music you know and some of it's stupid fucking gory you know what I mean and it's just like you, you really don't want to be pinned down like that you know you want to be able to spread out a little bit sure do the things in music that, that, that people like about you but, but, but like try some different things as well you know I mean no problem. as I've always said as, as long as it as long as what we're trying to do is abrasive and confrontational and, and all these different things, then, then then that's fine. Then within those parameters, you can try different things. You know, and, and don't just don't just keep making the same out over and over again. because That's not. That's just like if if the idea of knife
2: And
0: speaking of which, um, you um, you coming round to um, to album time again yet?
1: Yeah, there's an album done it's in the camp, but we're working on the we're working on the um, the mix right now, and we've had a bit of a setback because the, I have just found out about a week ago from Shane who was sitting in on the mix
2: because he didn't have his business to come to the stage. He me that the, the computer system at the
1: studio is like just blown up, basically, so so that the bit of a we'll we'll commence with it, you know. So we're looking to get an album out first half of next year, you know. and it, it has been a long time for by our standards. And I don't I don't feel comfortable with that, but it is what it is. You know, there has been a few things, unforeseen things along the way that have it's that have held things up, you know, so um, but what can you do? You know, it it'll come out soon, you know, so
0: well look you're talking to a guy who has, who's just released the first album for 29 years mate so uh, you know
2: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hardly prolific so um, well
2: yeah you know yeah,
0: uh, sure. I, I, you are literally the opposite um, and, uh, but I, th- I mean it's, it's fucking awesome it's just the fact that it, it, it's it, it it is just you're so consistent you're so consistent one of the most reliable parts of any scene out there um there must be a certain. I mean, how old? How how old is the album now to you since you finished recording it?
1: Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I've, ne- I've not, i do not i have not i never liked that, you know. It, it, like, I, I don't look back at the albums I've done and go, 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 that's all. No, if anything, I would say like the first couple of albums, I, did, I just would have done things in a slightly different way. Yeah. Which is not to say I'd change those albums, go back and change them because I they're they're. As any album is from any band, big or small or startup band, yeah. It, but what you did at that point, at any particular point, is a document. Tom,
0: it's a piece you know, of I, time, I think, exactly. It's, yeah, it's a piece and, of and time.
1: I just, think it, I just think it is what it is, and you know. But, but that being said, you know, again, going back to the learning process, in life, there are things I would have done differently at yeah. the time. You know, had I known what I know now about making albums, or what I consider to be making albums, every time you know, good yeah. way of making albums, you know, there are things that have done different. I, 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 I found some of it because obviously I'm lyricist, so I found some of the lyrics at points in the early to mid period of, of, of uh, period, of I find a bit naive, you know, some of the ones I would, yeah. you know, I would, I would have written them, at, stylistically I would have written them a bit differently, you know, but, so, but there you go, you know.
2: Yeah,
0: well, again, as like I say, it's just yeah, there's nothing you can do about it, and and it is what it nah. is. But that's but you're yeah, absolutely sure. right. I never ever understand why bands re-record albums, um, other than yeah. other than for. And I don't think this works for me isn't it, as a reason, which is, oh well, you know that album is owned in perpetuity by our old label, but you know if we record it, we own the master, and it's like, well, so basically, it's just a product now then.
1: I mean, it's like um, you know. The, well, what? What? You look at it. Look at it logically. Why do people choose to really record albums because they're classic albums? So then, if it's a classic album, what can you? How can you hope to um, exceed? You know, yeah, how... I mean, you, you're, you're on a you're on a loser from the yes. start. Yeah. Every 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 band I know that's done it, I've asked people's opinion. They gone, "Yeah, well, it's good and it's a different." Labour because of the, you know, so many years on the
2: recovery,
1: it's not the same. Why, why would you want to do that? You know, knowing that myself, why would I want to go and do that? You know, yeah. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to me, you know. Uh, well, um, don't on, we've been asked to do it, you know, or we, it's been mooted as an idea, not by people in Germany, but by people yes. around us. Yeah. You know. And we just said,
2: why the fuck
1: would I want to do that? You know, that'd be. You know I mean so just,
0: just yeah, not, not yeah it's, but it's just it's just a creatively dead thing to do you know it's just kind of like yeah. you know what I mean it's like yeah. right let's go back and learn this
1: again shall we and, and, yeah, and just, yeah, just yeah. no me, you know everybody's going to have a different opinion on that but it's like it's, it's, that's, that's my that's my thing in terms of Yeah, I can only speak for Nate Bander I certainly wouldn't want to do that
0: yeah, well, I've, I mean, I, I, having heard the re-record of the first suicidal album, I was just like, "Oh God, no!" Um, yeah. And then I've heard a few since, and I, you know, I don't want to name names, but that that one particularly felt like yeah. you know, I, that was pers- that I felt like I'd been personally abused.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that first suicidal album myself. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard the re-record. Actually,
0: oh, don't do it. Yeah, no, 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 that. don't just, just fucking don't do it. It's really, yeah. it's I really mean, the
1: only, thing, the only thing I would say, what well, I do like remasters when they are actually different remasters in terms of the sound has been vastly improved. Yes. I, I, I listen to a lot of remasters and I go, well, it
2: doesn't sound any different.
1: You know, you just put a couple of echoes, uh, a couple of a bit of reverb on the vocals here and there.
0: Yeah, a little bit more bottom good. end.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound any different. That being said, I can give you one example I mean. I don't know if you're familiar with this band, but there was a really good like, bastard band uh, from, from Nottingham who was who were around at the same time as Napalm. You
0: know, what was it called? Heresy.
1: Heresy. Heresy.
0: Fucking hell! I, Heresy, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 rem- I came and saw. I came and saw when I saw Napalm Death. It was before you were. It was before you were in them, and and it yeah. was and um they were playing with Heresy at the Nottingham Garage.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was kicking about at that point, and uh, myself, and, right. and they were. Fucking Brilliant! I mean, I, I love that band. You me know? Too. just Yeah And um, and so they they just remastered um, their the face up to album, which is the thirty year anniversary of it last year, and the original, it, it's great, but it just sounds like somebody recorded it in the bottom of the toilet. You know what I mean? And, yeah. But but when they redid it, it, it to me it sounds really good. A lot of people have said like, oh, the drums are too loud. Now they re, re, remixed it, remastered it. To me, needed that anyway. You know, what I mean, yeah. the, the drums are loud, definitely, but I, when I take it as a whole, the rhythm to me sounds really good. You know, and, and I, I, I've been, been playing that a lot. lately, like, you know, really, I mean, it really means a lot to me. You know, and get off on it and that again you know,
0: so. Well, I will. Da- I'll go looking for that because that will be a yeah. that. Yeah, will, that so. That'll it's blow some cobwebs around. Uh, cobwebs. Yeah, away
1: if you like, that. if you like, if you like that era of UK sort of hardcore. Um, well, and, you
0: know, well I remember stuff, I remember Heresy. I had I had their stuff. Yeah. And um uh and they, yeah, they were excellent.
1: Um Yeah, I definitely and thoroughly recommend anybody that like that to get them. It's if, a thirtieth anniversary remaster
0: or whatever. It's easy enough to buy Yeah, no, I will dig that out. I will dig that out. Yeah. Um yeah. But, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of remasters myself. re recording no, but remasters yes.
1: No, remasters. if, if if there is a patent difference, you know, between the original and the new one, you know, that I can understand, but as I said, I've to some things I'm like, am I sure they actually went did something with this? Because it
0: doesn't sound any different, you know? I, Well, I, I had the opposite experience with um, uh, Bank of Warrior Soul, their first, cup, first Oh, I know that yeah, band. Yeah, 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 and the first few albums yeah. that, I, that I really like that were on Geffen originally, and, um, yeah, I got the remasters, and uh, I just bought them blindly, and fucking hell oh, what a mistake that was. They're they just they've been done really badly, as in yeah. Let's just crank, let's just crank the bottom end up. Let's basically yeah. let's just turn everything up, and it sounds horrendous. Yeah. Well, see, I, you
1: know, I, from a band like that, I don't understand it because their whole thing was. They were very, very quirky. You know, they had a lot of things going on that other bands just weren't doing at the time. Yeah. And so then why would you why would an innovative band like that in their own field then go and do something like that? Doesn't make any sense. You know what I
2: mean?
0: Oh, it's really weird. Really weird. Because yeah. they're just they they, really? they they're, they're just fucking terrible. I mean it's not like oh I don't know what you know, it's not like it's not one of those where you go. Well, you know, speaking as you were saying earlier, inverted commas, a, mu- a musician, you know, speaking yeah. a musician, listening to that, to me, you know, they've, they've, they've gone and down a route that I wouldn't have gone down. It's just no, that's yeah. shit. That's something's yeah, gone yeah, wrong. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like fuck me, that's yeah. terrible. No, I get it. I get it. But um, you were mentioning, um, you were mentioning the uh, the Slayer thing earlier, saying that was a little bit of a um, that was a bit of a kind of one off. Was that one of those things that just kind of? You know, that just came along and you went, oh, right, that's, that's cool. Let's well, do we that. didn't
1: expect it. I thought it was a joke at first, actually. I thought it was like a practical joke or something, you know. <laughs> when, when I heard it had been offered, of um, I was just like, really? Seriously? You know, and it was like, yeah, I mean, it all turned out to be as, as it was. Um, and yeah, I think what it was, as far as I understand it, although, it, you know, it's just what I've heard, I think Rowe's brother is. Big Napalm fan, I think, and he he sort of he sort of spoke up about having mean, when they were looking for bands, you know, I think they wanted, I think they wanted to uh, get a lineup of bands across all the farewell bits of, of, of they've done who were considered to be quite sort of innovators in the field, I suppose. Yeah, so that's what I've heard anyway. I'm only saying what I've heard, you know. Yeah. So that's why Napalm got asked. To do it, um, so yeah. I mean, but I, I dealt with it. We dealt with it as we would any other group. no different. No, uh, full on, you know. Um, obviously, all the uh, the ethos as well. That's what stuff that we talk about, I suppose. But same thing. Nothing, nothing any different, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, just sort it of just saw how it went, and that was that.
0: Right, yeah. And were you, just allowed, were you just allowed to, yeah, just get on with it and do your own thing?
1: Well, I wouldn't let anybody tell us otherwise, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just napalm no is napalm no and we're going to do what we need to do and, you know, nobody's going to stop us from, you know, expressing ourselves as we need to, musically or otherwise, you know? So, yeah, to we didn't know. But, you know, I, I have to say that for a tour, that was quite a sizable tour. I mean, it was you know, in a lot of places. And, and I do have to say that the crew and the people around their band were, were brilliant to us. You know, couldn't ask... I, I've always been very kind of cynical, you know, about, about those kind of things to ourselves. It's just not me. You know, it's just not... It's just not the way I sort of go about things. But but I... I they, they were brilliant to us. You know, they, they, they were they're were really kind to us. They never told us, oh, you, you can't do this and you can't do that. And, you know, you we were just we were given free reign. you know. Obviously, you got to be you got to be on stage on time. You have got to be off stage on time. You've got to be um, but things like that. You know, of a technical nature, but but anything else besides it was it was, it was no no issues.
2: That's
0: great, and it's up, but I guess also there's a sign of like you know uh, a tour where the entire lineup is bands who've really kind of. You've been invited along by Slayer to be there. Have earned the right to be there. Um, so it, you know, did, did did it feel like a, a particularly kind of you know inverted commas special event?
1: No, not really. I mean, I I, I would take issue with earned the right to be there. You know, I, I think that's, I think that's, um, that bands in general are very very um, um, you know apply themselves. You know, and I don't think anybody's got. I'd right over anybody else really you know I, 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 I genuinely think that you know and so um, I, I it wasn't a special event to me you know I'm sure sure some of the venues that turn turned up I was going fuck me you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but then but then everything else just deal with it as I well would any other do you know I mean I, I mean I know I know some people might listen to that and go yeah right you know what I mean but it's, it's not my nature you know what I mean I don't overstate things like that, you know, I just don't, you know. I just go about doing what what I've got to do, you know. But for people, it can be bothered to listen to my father in a live situation. I'm doing my fucking best,
2: you know what I mean?
1: And that's all I'm focused
0: on, nothing else, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so whilst it's nice to get and do these, these, uh, these other bits and pieces, ultimately... um you're all about what you do and you have a, you know, would you, would you say you have a, a, a particular demographic as it were? Because I can't think of one. I hate those terms, to be honest with you. <laughs> I can't
2: stand it, you know, <laughs> and, and, and markets, you
1: know. I was, markets, gonna, I was just
0: going to, I was just going like, to say, let's, let's have a marketing yeah. meeting, Barney.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 I can't stand that stuff, you know, I just, it, it, you know, I joined Napalm, Napalm to me was an organic, like, independent band, you know, and I love that organic nature of it, you know, and, and things like the, you know, the, the, the market to me, just, it just commoditizes like me. And I know, I, obviously, you know, as a band, we're out there, um, we're out there selling CDs, you know, selling T-shirts, you know, stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, you know, I understand that, you know, but but when you are sort of calculating your actions based upon them, you know, I mean, I just don't, to me, I just, I hope I never get, like, just fucking shoot me, you
2: know? <laughs> like just not, it's, yeah.
1: not my, just, it's just not my thing, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, it, here's, here's a good way to put it, basically, when you get down to the like, you know, like Napalm gets just to be 10-day plus tours of countries that other bands would even be, sort of, uh, reluctant to go in and do two or three dates, you know, but no problem going and do 10, 15 dates. People go, why are you doing that? You know, there can't be any sort of mileage in doing a 15 date tour of the Czech Republic. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. People have asked us to do it. We're not just doing it and turning up and going, well, well, this might work or it might not because people don't know we're here, so I think. Well, no, we got invited to go there. So if we got invited, there's people that want to see it. So go and fucking do it. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's it. You know, there's no demographic. I mean, I, I I understand what you're saying in terms of you're probably asking me what kind of spread of ages, and the answer to that is fucking
2: everybody. Yeah. And
1: all points in between. You know. I mean, we we really do. You know, it's not. We don't we don't get like a, a, a predominance of people in the twenty age range. We don't get a predominance of people in the fifty eight Everything in between, you know, and I'm delighted to say more and more so. You know, a gender mix. You know, we get equally women and men.
2: You
0: know, our uh, kids. You know, and it's fantastic. Yeah, well, that is something that has that has changed over the years, and that is, yeah, you know, is is awesome. Have you noticed? Um, have you noticed any changes recently? You know, where. Uh... Given um, the the Me Too movement, have you noticed an influx of um, of more female um, audience members at your gigs or anything like that? I
1: mean, I mean, like um, females, women could always be confident when come to our kids, I think, yeah, and, and, and know that they're going to be safe. You know, in terms of uh, uh, the, the, the various things that happen when you come to a night bond. gig. You know. So yeah, it's never a problem. I I think it would be true to say that you see a lot more um, girls or females um, uh, uh, towards the front of the gig now, and and visibly more confident in being able to express themselves, you know, because there may may have been a reluctance in the past but I think now now, now they do. Or it seems to me, somebody could argue with me on that point, but I think that I I do see that and of course it's entirely fucking welcome, you know, because it, it, I look at, look at Nathan's ethos, you know, sh- surely you could deduct from that, but you want everybody to fucking engage, you know, and it doesn't yeah. matter who you are, what you look like, what your gender is, what your sexuality, doesn't matter, Any, none of that stuff matters, you know, you're all fucking welcome, welcome equally, you know, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. And look, that's that sounds like a really good place to leave it. I say leave it, I've got a few subscriber questions for you first. Um, sure. Before I, sure. Let you, before I let you go, but for the meantime, thanks a lot, Barney.
1: No problem at all. Man.
0: Sorry, did I? I said me and Barney. Of course, what I meant was Barney and I. Um, yes, um, as you heard at the beginning, there uh, we we had a, we had a little bit of uh, we had a little bit of issue actually getting getting the interview started. Um, but once we did, uh, look, you, there's there's no point in me going on about um, what a nice, helpful, grounded. Unique and thoroughly stand-up individual Barney is um, because you already you know because you just listened to that. Um, it was just really interesting to 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 go all over the map there and really delve into all sorts of bits and pieces of of, of being in a band, including relationships, you know, in bands and outside of bands. And um, there is uh, there's more of that. There's some gold on the uh, on the Patreon only podcast as well. But it it was just great fun to do. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's interviews like that, that re- that really make this podcast so fun to do because I get to, you know, I get to speak to people like, um, like Barney. Um, and you know, we've, we've, we've only met once, but we had, we just, we got on, you know, we just hit it off straight away and we were just chatting away. Um, and while I was talking to him, I was thinking, do you know what? I've got to get him on the podcast. And, um, uh, and I, and I have, and we did, and it's awesome so very very pleased with that i hope you all enjoyed it um so moving back to what's been going on in metal my chemical romance romance are back and are headlining australian download um and let's face it that's what you do isn't it if you if you um if you reform you come back and you do a massive massive festival in australia that's how it works sorry just getting some water there um but yeah, um, welcome. Good to have them back. I like my, chemi- my, my Chemical Romance, um, and um, that's pretty much why I'm mentioning it. I've got nothing else to offer on the subject other than uh, they're back. Great. Next up, oh, a band I don't like, Kiss. Kiss's manager uh, says Ace Freely and Peter Chris have been approached about taking part in final concert. Well, presumably they're going to find out when that is, which would be some point in 2040, no doubt. Um, I mean. Uh, whatever uh, yeah fuck it don't care don't give a shit why did, why did I even make a note of that moving on um, th- this really does seem to be this seems to be the podcast of um, hard rock comebacks and me talking about bands I don't like which is not usually the case although I have said you know that I do love Life of Agony and I've, I've done all that so you know give me a break but um, yeah uh, I saw a, I saw a, um, uh, a piece about Wasp celebrating their first four albums um yeah i don't know about that maybe the first album which uh, which still to this day i like okay i do i wanna be somebody oh i mean just don't get me started i had fuck like a beast um shaped seven inch picture disc okay i did I had the first two Wascop albums. I, I was out after the Welcome to the Electric Circus. But the first two. Final Command has got some... Cos I'm
2: blind!
0: Blonde in Texas. Sorry, but I just can't do a decent Blackie Lawless impression. Although on the Patreon podcast, you will hear me do a great Neil Diamond impression. Um, so uh, yeah, I, and so anyway, I saw that and I thought, do you know what? I, I, I I'm vaguely interested in that. I'm vaguely kind of like I'd like to go and and I don't know. So I clicked on the link um, to, to to check out the dates and see where they're playing. They're playing. And, uh, And I got the bandwidth limit exceeded message. The server is temporarily unavailable. Service your request due to the site, uh, site owner reaching his or her bandwidth limit. Please try again later. I mean, what a fucking schoolboy error. They announced they're coming back and nobody in the wasp organization has noticed that the that the uh, the the, subscri- the subscription package with their uh, with their ip is nearly at maximum and then they've, got, they've gone and fucking blown it i haven't been back actually let's do that now shall we let's um fuck it right okay i hadn't planned on doing this but um i haven't been back to the website because that really made me laugh i made a note of it to talk about it on the podcast um I'll have to take the flight mode off Take the flight mode off your computer first Howard You fucking idiot Right Wasp tour dates Fucking hell this is interesting stuff isn't it But um uh, Oh it still says there's no internet No there is internet now you prick Um, Don't be a prick There we go Wasp tour dates There we go Right Wasp nation Let's see if their website's working It is Woo There we go 1984 to Headless Hits from first four albums So where have they announced Denmark, one show. Sweden, Norway, more Sweden, Finland, Sweden. Oh, England. Right, okay, we're doing it. Bristol, London, Nottingham, and Newcastle. Uh, 2020, October the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. They'll be at Bristol, London, Nottingham, Newcastle in that order. Um, Bristol SWX, London, uh, the O2 Forum, Nottingham Rock City, and Newcastle O2 Academy. Fucking hell. Nottingham Rock City. Wasp are playing Nottingham Rock City. It really is the fucking 80s again. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to be... I will be tempted to go and see that. I really, really will. Um, so anyway, yeah, they've got their website working again. Isn't that great news? What isn't great news is the passing of Timmy Hansen, Merciful Fate bassist. Um, Merciful Fate were one of the... Would, were, were definitely an early influence on Acid Rain. Um, that's the band I'm in, by the way. Um, new album, Age of Entitlement. Check it out. Um, but yeah, sorry. That was, that was classless, wasn't it? It's fucking Timmy Hanson's death. Um... Sorry about that. That was you fucking cunt, Howard. Absolutely. The, the, by the way, yeah, you don't need to think at all. If you if you're a bit disgusted by that, you're right to be, and I'm acknowledging it. Okay, so don't get on my case about it because well, do, you can get on my case about it, but I'll, all I'll do is agree with you because that was fucking out of order. Let's start again. Timmy Hansen uh, bassist of Merciful Fate, has died, and he was, um, uh, you know, Merciful Fate were a big influence on us. Um, I know he was an influence on um, on Ian Acid Rain's original bass player. Um, because they were one of, the, you know, they're, they're one of the originals, along with all, you know, along with the original thrash bands, uh, Merciful Fate were around then as well, and they were doing something very different. I remember being, I remember at secondary school, we all got a chance, like they they had this idea that like, you could play songs in assembly, um, anybody who wanted to play a song in an assembly, as long as it, like, you know, the teachers heard it first, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, duh. Um, and um, and, when, and Ben, um, Uh, the original Acid Rain drummer uh, played um, Come to the Sabbath off Don't Break the Oath in assembly and we were all sat there going fucking hell this is awesome and of course everybody who didn't like metal was just going this is shit this is awful this is terrible why would you listen to this let's face it the first time for a lot of them hearing anything other than pop music and they hear merciful fate they're hearing metal with King Diamond singing I mean that you know for some of them, it'll have drawn them towards it. For some of them, put them off for life. But yeah, anyway, I mean, a very, very sad loss and, uh, and a shame he's not going to be able to be part of the, um, the the Merciful Fate reunion as well, which is something I haven't covered before. But yes, Merciful Fate are, re- are coming back and that is going to be awesome. Hank Sherman is doing it, but Michael Denner isn't. And I don't know why, because Sherman and Denner were working together. So that must be Denner not getting on with Tim D- King Diamond or I don't know. But he's even said, he, you know, he wasn't asked and he didn't know it was happening. So that is fucking weird. So that's the merciful fate section done. Finally, um, well, not finally, but next, um, a quote from Sharon Osborne after plastic surgery. I had this thing where they lifted up my mouth and then for the first week, I couldn't feel my mouth. I can hardly feel my mouth now, to be honest with you. For fuck's sake, what are you doing? You're talking... They lifted up my mouth. I mean, I have said on here that it's weird about Wendy Dio redesigning her husband's face on a fucking 3D hologram, right? But this... This is real life. This is Sharon husband talking about having her own mouth moved up. Why couldn't you have it fucking wired up? I mean, that's the obvious thing that you're all thinking. Jesus Christ, I can't even feel my mouth now. Well, that would explain why so much shit falls out of it, to be honest. Go on, Aussie, get back out there. Get back out there and tour. Oh, you will? Oh, you're dying? Get back out on the fucking stage! Um, Look, I just don't have any love for that woman, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, But anyway, it's time for another interview. Um uh I've it's Matt from Evil hey there Matt uh Matt doesn't do many interviews and this is um I think this is first for a a good long time and we get right into it we also get right into it on the podcast another 45 minutes on the Patreon podcast sorry not going to mention Patreon again Patreon 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 forward slash Howard H Smith um so uh yeah, Matt and I got a chance to catch up, and um, he uh, it, it was great. Uh, y- you're going to hear it now. Got on Like a House on Fire. He's a really, really nice guy. Um, it's fun. We've had Ol from Evil on the show. Now we've got Matt from Evil on the show. We've got the brothers on the show, motherfuckers. So sit back and listen to us talking about all things Evil and Thrash. Oh, and also including him calling me out on Slagging Them Off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's all in here. Bloody technology. Yeah. Ah,
2: there you are. Hey.
0: Yeah, it's got you straight away. Here we are. Lovely. Lovely. So, um, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad. How are you? Are you well? I am. I am, yes. Um, Basking in the glory of, you know, rattling off another album 29 years after the previous one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: it was quite a way, didn't it, really? It, it is. It is. Um, I mean, It's almost as long as you've been alive, isn't it? Fucking hell.
3: Yeah, anyway.
0: I'm, I'm 38. 30, yeah, oh, right. Okay. You're not that young. Oh, I, I
3: still get ID'd, but, you know. Oh, fuck you do off.
0: What you can. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I get ID'd, but that's to get into uh, old age pensioners' homes. Um. <laughs> um yeah, so you're, you're, you're Phil kind of like 11 years younger than me, um, and, uh, and i would tell you what, do you know what, I don't, I don't tend to do a massive amount of research um, about my guests, which is pretty obvious from the shitty interviews that I do, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's, there's, there's not much out there about you, really, I mean, other than you're a Hetfield fanboy, i pretty much know fuck all about yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, we've never actually met, have we, before? We've not. Oh don't let I that don't he... don't let that stop you. Oll and I have never met either. No, oh well, they're all the internet social master,
3: though, is not he never off it. Um, no, the weird thing is I, I don't do the social media stuff. Right. I don't I, just, I I I'm not I don't know, I don't like the idea of um bleh, I did this today, blah I'm just not, yeah. I've never ever been into that at all, so I've always just kind of kept myself to myself.
0: Which the is, right, that's the ideal quality in a front man, isn't it? Pretty
3: much, yeah. <laughs> the guy who just, well, I don't want to see anybody just hide away. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what I do. It's, it's really weird because a lot of people do say that. They just, it's like seeing two different people. It's like there's the guy who's sat backstage warming up on the guitar and warming up his vocals for, you know, eight hours during the day. And then he goes out on stage and he's, oh, bloody hell, I don't recognise you. That happens quite a lot. Well, well yeah I'm, I'm just
0: the way I am I think I, really I, I hear that a lot um, I've, I've seen it with performers but I hear it a lot as well and see it a lot with um, particularly footballers funnily enough a lot of people who really? say it like yeah yeah a lot of people say like you know oh off the pitch you know he wouldn't say boo to a goose and they're like really mild mannered and then you get them on the pitch and they're just like Gobby, sweary, pushing everyone around, telling everyone what to do, and then you get them off the pitch yeah. again, and they're
3: You're the racist, and...
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're back to um, and you know and they're, and they're back to normal as it were, um, and maybe that's just your you know that's your that's your kind of hour hour and a half on the pitch is 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 up there on stage.
3: It could be. I mean, I've always just been. Yeah, that would make sense. It's my inner footballer,
2: I guess. <laughs>
0: But you're, up, but, yeah, but I, I guess you've kind of, you know, you're you're up there with mates. You've got songs to rely on. You've got a guitar to, without, you know, I, I, I don't want to kind of make this a big thing, but it's kind of like, you know, you've got a guitar to hide behind. You've got songs, much, yeah. You've got songs to to fall back on. You've got mates to fall back on as well. It's it, if you get it right, that is quite a support network, really.
3: It, yeah, it does work. Especially, yeah, like you've got those, uh, those four, those other three people to back you up. But I, I think they just leave me to it normally.
2: <laughs>
3: the, <laughs> they, buggers just, you know, leave it in the background and go, you're the front man. You talk. You say something. It's not, that's normally how it
2: works.
3: Um, I, don't, I guess I don't, I don't know. It's weird with these I don't really have that kind of support thing because everyone kind of takes their role as they are. I think Ben, Ben would absolutely love to be out from behind the kit, running around, giving it his Colin oh, Lazzovic. Yeah. Like, he, ben, he, Ben's just one of them guys. He loves the um, the attention and the yeah. spotlight. Yeah, he loves it. Whereas I just kind of, like you say, weirdly enough for a frontman, just shy away from it, except
0: when I'm on stage. It's it's weird because <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've often found that drummers wish they weren't you know stuck behind a pile of wood at the back and um, yeah, smacking things. Yeah, they say, so, oh, you know, why don't I get more attention? Well, you know. Have a look at that massive fucking kit <laughs> and um, you did choose that <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's always the one you chose it yeah. that's how it ended Your up choice, uh, yeah sit down <laughs> but the, but the thing is, it's like they it might not feel like they're supporting you, but you you're you're all on there together, Do you know what I mean you're all in it together, you can, you know and and ultimately reliant on each other and it's and it's that sort of teamwork ethic of being in a band yeah. which and i I missed that for years doing doing stand up, which I still do now very
2: different
0: yeah very different um i,
3: I do want to ask you that I was, that's one question i had in mind just to ask you what what is the difference to you as a front man of a band compared yeah. to being well i guess your own front man as it, a stand-up how does that disc? i mean you've got to be a lot more prepared i imagine stand-up
0: stuff. It, the difference mate is night and day the difference is ice cream and pizza the difference is rain and shine it's just there is very very little um I can, I can. I mean, with over twenty years of experience doing stand-up, I would say there is more transferable skills that I bring to fronting a band than there is the yeah. other way around. I mean, there is, there is. I mean, fronting a band is absolutely no use to you as a comedian. The the yeah. skills that you get from that are non-existent. Well, but the skills well, I get you get the music from, is a lot of the work, don't it? Yeah, I but with the skills from yeah. stand-up, they do they do um, translate because that's that's essentially what I am doing between songs. But, Absolutely. But it's it, it, but it's also like the skills of, you know, doing stand-up that I've picked up over the years. They help with uh, knowing what to say to an audience, how to connect with an audience as well, and how to read an audience yeah. and how to read a room, and knowing what to do. Um, I mean, we we did a show a couple of years ago when we, we failed to get to Hammerfest because of traffic. All right. Um, and Pete had managed to get us a show... At, um, at the Dev. So, so so we literally turned around on the A40, drove straight back to London and did this like totally impromptu set at the Dev. Um, and before we started playing, they were like, right, should we just like start with a big bang and crash up?" And I was like, do you know what? Just give me two minutes to speak to the crowd because as good old, you know, as good old years of doing comedy for free in pubs, one thing it's taught me is... That you can't just start performing in a pub, expect everybody to shut the fuck up and listen. When a they didn't know you were playing, and b it's their pub. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was just so I just did a little kind of like a minute about right. This is what's happened to us today. We need to fucking really, we we really need to do this. So if you just want to ignore us, that's absolutely fine. But uh, you know, we we need to get this out of our system. Uh, and everybody was everybody was fine with it, but I, you know, years ago, I would have just been like, right, yeah, let's just fucking kick off and start playing, and wonder why everybody isn't, you know, absolutely loving it. Um, so it's, it's little little things like that do come in handy. But unless that is a very that is a very uh, one off kind of occasion, but the, the ability to to play a room and to read a room that is that's that's probably the one thing I've got out of it more than anything is being able to read a room, being able to read people. Um and just, you know, no just have a good feel for, for what's right to say at the right time. Um but also it's just speak to him like there's you know, speak to him like there's twenty people there, whether you know, whether there's two hundred or two thousand. I don't believe in that whole, yeah, and I played it like there was fifty thousand in. It's like, well, that was fucking stupid.
3: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: You know what yeah. I mean? And we've all played with those but... bands where they're like they're totally ignoring how many people are there thinking that that's the way way to go down. And it isn't the way to, the way to to take it down is to fucking totally address the elephant in the room right off the bat.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've seen it so many times, same with other bands who just, you you think that, I I think the the mindset is that if we imagine that we're playing Wacken, then it'll go great. And it kind of doesn't, it doesn't translate at all to like either the, you know, the number of people you're playing to or even the size of the venue with the number of people in there that it just doesn't work. Uh, yeah, I fully understand what you mean about, you know, gaming it a bit and addressing the people you're with.
0: Yeah, and Makes the thing sense. is, I mean, I, 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 I've had people ask me, like, you know, on tour or whatever, I was like, oh, you know, do you ever know what you're going to say or anything? Like and it's like, well, no, not really. It's just like, it's just a bunch of people who've gone to a gig. It's not an exam you know <laughs> no, 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 no one's waiting no one's waiting for you know no one's waiting for like words of fucking wisdom no one's waiting to be well, blown really, away yeah. by what you're going to say in the song i mean you've really got to fuck it up to to it's like you've just played a song they really enjoyed it you're going to be playing another song that they probably really enjoy this is the fucking bit where there is no pressure this is the bit to just go all right everyone having a good time get here all right yeah When's last bus? Yeah. You know what I mean. It's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's. mum. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But funnily enough, if you said that to somebody, like you know, in the front, you know, whatever, people people would laugh or people would be like, "Oh, is he making a mum joke or whatever?" But either way, it's like, you know, there's no there's no ice to break. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like you're going out there. People know you're going to be on. People want you to play. They know your stuff. It's like this is that's just. You know, having, having been a comedian where you, you go on and people don't know who the fucking next comedian is, and you've got like 90 seconds basically to win them over or you're fucked. And, you know, that's, that's the thing about a comedy bill is like nobody goes to see so and so comedian unless it's like, you know, mega, you know, arena level. Yeah. Um, they just go to a comedy night. So whoever you are, you are Mr. fucking Nobody when you walk on and you've got to try and grab them, make, you know, whereas in a band, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. You know, they're all there. Yeah, they've come to see you. Yeah, people go for
3: for bills though. Bill. They go for you know several different bands at a time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean, you know, I, I I'll be the first to I'll be the first to like you know speak to somebody in um uh in one of our audiences who doesn't look like they're enjoying themselves. Do you know what I mean? Somebody's like, oh, what's up, mate? You know, what's, have we not played the songs you want, or do you, are we not really not for you? Yeah. Have you had a bad week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But that kind, it's but that kind, that kind of sort of down to earth, just talking to people, that is not what people expect, and it catches them it's off really guard. Not, it? Yeah, catches them off guard, and it makes them instantly warm to a band because, like, cause the phrase I'm always saying is, "Oh, it's no airs and graces." Oh, it's like you know, oh, you know, not even talking to the audience like an audience, talking to them like. Friends, like people like, you know, how are you? How's your day? How's it going? You know, all the rest of it. It's just yeah, it's it, it's also I I think that I think the um the day of big pompous fucking rock and roll between song banter is well, it's got two years to go and then it really is fucking dead when KISS pack up. Oh um, god, yeah. Oh <laughs> can't happen soon enough, can it? The, yeah, oh we'll get up to KISS
3: in a bit actually. I'm just gonna mention <laughs> Um, the difference, like you say, between, I'm actually really impressed when, like yourself, you can get on a stage and you can, like, you don't do homework, you just turn up and you, you say what you can say in between songs because I'm actually really amazed because you've clearly got that skill to be able to do that and that quick wit to be able to rattle that thing off Well, on the complete flip side is with me, I cannot do that at all. You'd be amazed how um, prepared, I need to be. Yeah, but Doers I could do some, but I've, I've got a general idea of what I'm going to be saying before we do it normally. Yeah. I'm just, I wish I was as quick as that.
0: I really do. Now, well, I, the thing is that um, it's like you say, it, you know, it, it's a gift. Maybe it is a gift, but I've been working on that gift for 20 years. You know, well, it's, it's, so, a, it's a mix.
3: You've taken my so, gift, and you've
0: you know, expanded on it. Well, exactly. So, what I'm going to say to you is you're no different you're absolutely no different you know you it's 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 a case of right well if you need to know what you're going to say and that makes you feel more comfortable then fine but start getting out of your comfort zone and pushing yourself about what you're going to say and what you're going to talk yeah, about yeah. and also be be confident in the fact that if somebody shouts something out that you can fucking deal with it you know yeah. even if you i mean like we we're, we're going into the realms of stand up comedy now and i think and i think some of that would would help you a lot and some of the exercises and stuff. But just for an for instance, um, dealing with hecklers, when you start out in comedy, a lot of people just they, you find your heckle put down line. You find that line that is that is going to work. You know that and, and yeah. however you find it, it might be one night by accident, whatever you use it. You know, so it's it, you know as you go, it's 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 worth picking these. You know, it's worth collecting these things as you go. And having like a standard, if somebody just shouts something stupid out, you've got a standard sort of put down for it. Do you know what I mean? You know, like yeah, yeah. You know, shut up, dad, or you know, oh, you know, the, <laughs> the wife's in again, you know, or something like whatever. You know, ha ha ha. But yeah. but whatever it is, and it's like, and before you know it, you will you will have you like you'll have structured kind of like, um, okay, you know, if somebody if somebody gobs off, I've got that, and I've got that, and I've got that, and if there's this, I've got that, and before you know it. You learn that, and you go right. They're my things. They're what I, what I know. They're what, and what you will find is over time, you will rely less on the notes, and eventually, the without even noticing, you won't you won't need them because you just develop that side of your craft. And the probably yeah. the only thing that is holding you back um, from doing that is is not gig enough because you need to be out doing it. As a stand-up, you need to be out doing it every night, you know. Oh,
3: absolutely! That's it. Yeah, that's one of the problems we have. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's it's because yeah. it, it, I know I I know what it's like. Cause we you know we're in similar kind of touring cycles at the moment, and and have been the last few years. And and you know you feel like you've absolutely got this nailed, and it's fucking awesome on the last night of the tour. Yeah, that's it. Obviously,
3: ain't it? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
3: Well, they always said I'd never go and see a band on the first two nights of the tour. They always say the same thing, don't they?
0: Unless, unless it's us, because in which case we'll be fucking up even more than we fuck up the other nights. <laughs> <laughs> so you might, you might, you might want to come and see more fuck ups. Yeah,
3: they're more entertaining that way. Come along.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's the so that was the bloke from the label trying to get hold of me. Um. So I just had there was a beep beep on the um on the line there. So. <laughs>
3: get rid of him <laughs> you don't need
0: him well you know um,
3: we do actually that's, that's
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um, it's weird though you know it, it, it's it, it, horses for courses like I said you know we're all different
3: absolutely yeah yeah I mean the way you do things is probably completely different to the way I do things and be comfortable with it it's you know it's many people find many different ways of doing these kind of things and you know, and then people have different confidence levels with it, have got different experiences. It's it's a really weird thing when you when you talk to like I spoke to other footmen men about it as well and it's there's some people who just like they me say, they have that bit of a gift about it, there's that natural talent of doing it, there's just natural show and then at doing it. And some people have to really, really work at it. There's people in between who have to you know, rely on both. Um and it's yeah, it's it's nowhere near the same thing for Two people. It's, it's an interesting one to go up being a frontman. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's for me. It's just it, it's just something that um, I guess it does. I guess it. Uh, I was going to say comes naturally. Well, as be, being as riddled as I am with ADHD, then that's that's hardly a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: bit of
3: natural assistance
0: there. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs>
3: I think it's it's my, um, like you say, the Hetfield fanboy in me that comes out when I get on stage. That's what, as as, as daft as that sounds, and as cliché as that sounds as well, because Hetfield is so many people's inspiration for doing that kind of thing. The problem is when people have that inspiration and they wear it on stage as well, and you can see someone just go, Hetfield, I've I've done it so often, and I catch myself doing it still And I'm on stage. I just think, shit, don't do that. Hetfield will do that, and people will see straight through it. So many times I've just just be Matt Drake instead, don't be James Hetfield. That's one of the problems I've had. Really? Yeah. So, so many times I caught myself doing it, where you, just like the way you stand or the way you put your shoulders, and and you know, I grew up listening to Metallica. I did. I did, I did the, the classic cliche thing. It's all Ben's fault. I will blame Ben for it. He um, he let me Master of puppies when I was probably thirteen, and the first probably the first metal thing I ever heard was was Battery. Right. Um, And from that point on, you get locked in that daft Metallica phase where you just go, this is the only band there ever will be. I (laughs) I did that for a few years before I snapped out of it and thought, bloody hell, there's some of the that i have got to listen to.
0: So hang on, hang on, can I just stop you there? So what was it like when you get a chance to record your first album with Fleming Rasmussen then? You must have been just fucking jizzing off every day.
3: Yeah, mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Especially when we got to the point when we were there and we were using some of the same... Uh, we, in, we used the same sound desk that the recorded puppets with the exact same desk. Um, oh, we used using some of the same mics and the same effects units, and it was just it was pretty awesome. And then we're sat in Fleming's house, and he's telling the story. Well, we were him and his wife and his kids, we're all grown up now, but they were, um, they were telling the stories about how then um, Cliff Burton's just sat there and like, coming out of the shower, washing the hair and eating food, and just <laughs> like it's completely natural. And you you never hear these things in. In normal day life, and you're being told them by the people who were there. It's yeah, it was really surreal. It was awesome, but surreal. Um, yeah, I think it was probably a good thing for us the, getting that that much because we've always had this um, Metallica thing followers around because I started as a Metallica covers band. Um, and we've always been influenced by them individually as well as a band. You know, when we're writing songs, it's you know, it's they're our main influence, they have been for years. Um, but as soon as we did the first album, we we did, made a really conscious effort to step away from it, and that's why the second album is so hideously different than the first one. <laughs> but we, which we really did try to to be quite self-aware and just think, you know, what we obviously we are influenced by Metallica. Let's let's try not be, it and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, it, it was really strange to just be. They're using all their gear and you know, recording the album. With the guy who did National Puppets, it was it was awesome, but really weird at the same time because it, it it drops that curtain as well. I don't know if you had the same thing like when you were younger. You go and watch bands like your favorite bands that you see. Um, there's this weird kind of I don't know if there's a word for it. It's really hard to explain, but there's there's a curtain there, and you only see what's shown to you what's yeah. giving you about the band. Like you only see them on stage you only see them in interviews and you don't
0: oh, get Oh yeah. Peeking behind like, the
2: curtain. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's a bit the Wizard of Oz thing happens when you get out there on tour and you see these bands and you see how the backstage thing works, you see how it all how the all the bits fit together. Oh yeah. And it kind of drops that curtain and, and all of a sudden you're there with it, seeing how it all works and it kind of if, if you if you're not too if you're not careful you, you, you let it lose its um appeal of seeing yeah. bands. And a few people said the same thing that they got, you know, when they started touring, they got into playing with bigger bands. That 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 curtain just dropped completely, and all of a sudden, you just lost the magic of seeing bands live. It's kind of sad, actually. But I was always kind of careful to, so yeah. I've got, we, we know how it works. We've done, we've done, you've done um, big tours and all. You know, you know the, you know the skies. If you if you can't kind of get let it get to you too much, you can. Let it lose that magic of seeing band live and and have that presentation. Given because you're looking at it, you're going, "I know they did that, I know they did that," and it kind of kind of kills it a bit. So we were kind of careful just to not lose that um, connection, I guess, with the presentation. That, that it sounded better in my brain. No. <laughs> my mouth, my mouth it a bit.
0: <laughs> didn't get through. Didn't get through to the label. So um, if he calls while we're on the phone, um, I'll give you a shout.
3: Absolutely fine I remember my point, by the way, as well. <laughs> I, I did have one <laughs> about the uh, about the Metallica. I remember what I was going to say. Um, we did we did the album, um, like with all that Metallica stuff going on around us. Um, we it, it became heck of a lot easier to see all that kind. Of, like you say, when you look at a band as a presentation of what you're seeing and what they let like, you see of that band, it's you, know, you can you can look up to these people and go, wow, this is amazing. But when we did the Metallica uh, producer thing um, with Lenin, the album, it, um, it made it a heck of a lot easier to see it from a different angle. So instead of looking at that band as, wow, we want to be like you, it became a heck of a lot easier to step away from it and say, right, we want to be evil now. Um, without, you know, my point about losing that, the magic of seeing bands, It that was kind of, that was, uh, always something I kept in my head about. I've seen behind the scenes now, now it works. Um, but I don't want that to ruin uh, how how I go and watch bands live. Because, I, like I say, I've, I've spoken to a few people who have done that. They've, they've got behind the scenes, they've seen these big bands play. And they, they said they, I don't enjoy live shows as much anymore because I'm in a band touring. And it was, it was kind of strange that. I kind of get what they mean, but it was kind of strange. But yeah, I thought I point. It was just easier to step away from. Wanting to be like Metallica, after we kind of got that bit of experience of, of their world, I guess um, it, made it, it made it easy for us to just kind of go right. Let's be vile. We know we know what not to do now. If that makes any sense?
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I think I mean I don't know. Um, it's 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 hard to relate for me because I've never really been I've never really been that fixated on one band. He says as those words come out of my mouth, thinking I was a total fucking Marillion geek when I first started out. Yeah, all right, okay. Oh, my but, dad, buddy, loves Marillion. Oh, mate, honestly. Yeah, Fish, Fish is my hero. Had him on the podcast two years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, it was fucking... Oh, wow. right. did you cry a little bit? Oh, I... I well, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I cried, but uh, not from where you'd expect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh! 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 <laughs> um, but um. I'm
2: not
0: talking too <laughs> but yeah, I I guess I guess the crossover there is that is that there isn't a great deal of crossover between fucking Marillion and um and playing in a thrash band, so <laughs> so I, I mean I wasn't exactly um uh you know I I as long as I'm uh I I wasn't really in a position to be able to sort of you know go totally all out fish. <laughs> Being, yeah. in a thrash, being in a thrash band, I, and and I think that helped because otherwise I would have done. But
3: you'll have had influence, though.
0: What you was that, What? No, oh, hang on, on a sec. Right, I've got that? the label on the other line. I'll call you straight back. All right, go for it. All right, mate. All right, cheers. Hello, and we're back again. Fucking hell! It was not that important. It's all sorted. Hurrah! Oh, you there?
2: What happened?
0: And again. I don't know what the happened crew? there, mate. Sorry about that. No worries,
3: alright.
0: Cool. We're we cool.
3: back.
0: We're there. We're there. We're yeah. there. We're there. We're there. We're there. We're there. We're all sorted. Marvellous. Um, Lovely. Yeah, you're influencers.
3: Because you got, you know, playing in uh, Acid Rain. Who were are on the influencers when you started?
0: Well, um, Fish from Metallica was my own personal influence, but I mean influences musically. It was kind of boring. It was the big four because the big four were like, well, they were the only fuck. They were the only fucking four at the time. Um were right, yeah. And then and then other bands crept in. Merciful Fate crept in very soon. Voivodes. um, you know, just everybody who was around in that era. Um, and 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 just constantly learning as well and I mean fucking hell, then I discovered the dead Kennedys and that was like a that was just awesome. I'm you know, massive fan of the mm-hmm. Dead Kennedys. Well that's where Moschkinstein comes from, you know, Frankenschreist, Moschkenstein. It's uh, uh, Yeah. So they took the front they took uh, the front of, of Frankenstein and I took the end of Frankenstein. So they got Frank in Christ and I got Moschkenstein, so she had it all nice and equal It sounds fair absolutely there are there are no original ideas i 'm sure Jelly Biafra nick that nicked the idea for Franken-Christ from somebody else, so you know it's uh
2: yeah
0: but oh, it, but yeah I mean it was it was so early doors there was so few people doing it that it was just the big four, but then things just started you know I remember me and Gaz going on uh, trips on the train to Leeds to Virgin in Leeds to get um to get imports and not knowing, you know, not knowing what you'd find. And I found, found DRI DRI crossover that way. I found DRI dealing with with it. I found it that way. I found, um, oh, bestial devastation by destruction that way, which is fucking awful. Oh yeah. I mean, awful, awesome. Um, some, some absolute classics and, but purely we just found them because they just happened to be kicking around in the record shop. And, you know, that's why that's specifically why we went was to just get all of these all of these albums. And and then it would be like seeing what T-shirts those bands were wearing and then go and look for the the band of the T-shirt. Yeah. So, you know, and that's how I ended up buying Suicidal Tendencies debut album from Shades, having never heard it and having no idea what they sounded like other than all of these cool bands are wearing their shit. They must be good and then i got the yeah. first album and i was like this is fucking amazing i was so chuffed with it cuz i've always like i've always liked my punk and I, and um uh and yeah i mean that was just phenomenal phenomenal and that's just you know it's how it all came it's how i mean i you know game over i i i bought that from shades as soon as it came out because obviously you, you know you knew who was who in the band and all the rest of it and um yeah. and within 18 months of that arriving on the doorstep i was on tour with them so it was kind of bizarre really
3: it is look at the difference between when, uh, when you guys were doing it at, at that time when it, when it's all coming out it's you're absorbing it are you as it, as it happens you're yeah. there absorbing it all and when you compare yeah. it to say us all this has happened it's happened 20 years before 25 years before we, we were around um, so for bands like us it's, it's a completely different kind of absorption yeah of that material for us because it, it's like there's, there's a heck of a lot more probably a lot more well probably a lot lot more emulation going on with with those guys and the it wasn't you guys at the time because I like, see you were there in the middle of it all whereas us, us young'uns <laughs> where, where they're kind of look, looking up to it all going wow <laughs> and, it, and it's I think that's probably one of the big differences between being there at the time as, as an influence compared to influences
0: on on us as, um, as, as kids Which, it's funny you should say that because I think there is a um i think i think the biggest i think the biggest difference in eras is that um you know at the time we were very much a case of we'll just do whatever the fuck we want you know i mean that's why there's yeah, fucking yeah. timbalé steel drums in in humanoia um yeah. and shit like that it's just like basically you just threw everything in there and went like, there's no rules. It doesn't matter. You just did what you did. Whereas for you guys coming along all those years later, it is like there are rules. It is like there are like, well, this is, you know, this is how you write a thrash song. This is what it, you know, this is what it needs to contain. Um, And again, going back to Humanoia, I mean, it's, it's three verses, three verse, who the fuck does three? In fact, it's four verses in total. Who the fuck does four different verses? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure. It's like no one, no one. Nobody had a King Crimson, anyway. yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, but it's just like you just you know. We, I mean, I, I remember um, um, I went and recorded guest vocals on um, uh, Goddess um, with Cerebral Scar, and we were recording with um, Russ Russell, and oh, yeah. um, and we, we we finished the I finished the, the second verse and second chorus. Um no that was it about third verse, third course, and he goes and, and I goes, right, that's it and he goes, There's still another minute and a half of this song to go. I went, yeah. I went, Yeah, I know. Old school, isn't it? And he just laughed and was <laughs> like, But there's a whole minute and a half to go. How can the how can the how can the vocals have stopped? And it's like, you don't you don't you don't mess with the past, mate. That's that's just how it, <laughs> it's how it is, how it was and how I it do. ever shall be. So I yeah I I, I do get that because I'm always, I'm always ranting about like new school thrash bands you know being on the on the back cover of their album with their tight jeans and their, and their <laughs> yeah. freshly uh, they freshly ironed pleasure to kill creator t-shirt and their yeah, and correct. their perfect mullet and the baseball cap and the leather jacket and I just think oh, no. and I just think well, guys we need to stop this stagnating and disappearing like it did last time. And if all you do is consistently ape the past, that's what's going to happen again.
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah, we we thought the exact same thing. I mean, other um, you know, I'm well within that pool of perpetrators, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um,
3: but but only we were. I say we were really conscious about the exact same thing. Like when when you start a new thrash band these days, like you're emulating these, you know, your your gods, so to speak, the, the big shots, and all all the bands of you know, the same as those. We, we started doing it. It was really weird. We started doing it at the exact same time in different places. Um, we weren't aware of each other. Like, there was, there was Headless Cross, Pitiful Rain, um, Sarah gone a bunch of other ones. And But we all just kind of went and did gigs in different places and discovered each other and oh, you guys are doing this too. That's interesting. And when it came to, I say, we did the first album where we're so fully guilty of you know the back cover with the you, know, you you dead you in your high tops, you know the jackets. Um, that's that's them. The grave. That's it. That's exactly what it was. It was the retro thrash thing. And like as soon as we did that, we we looked at ourselves and went, we thought the exact same thing. We thought, if we just do, if we just copy, copy, copy. You know, I think a lot of the band's uh, discipline was let's recreate the 80s. Yeah. And we 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 heard we heard that and we saw it in the bands we were playing with and we just thought you know what if we do the same thing we'll we'll disappear we'll just get lumped in and disappear completely. Um, we made I like we made a conscious effort to go let's look at ourselves and let's just be more natural with it. Like let's you know we, we, let's wear flares. <laughs> we're like wearing flares. <laughs> 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 so, so we're there like the you know, third album we're
0: without wearing flares. Um, Fucking hell, it, really? That was a. I seriously yeah. Seriously. Yeah. seriously was, was that a big conscious decision in the band let's all wear flares no it wasn't it wasn't, no, it wasn't. let's wear
2: flares band
0: <laughs> meeting band meeting flares yeah, it or no it flares
2: was one of the
3: things like let's just turn up individuals who would do and I think it was it was Joel cause Joel the, um, Joel's older than us when he when he, when he joined um, after we lost Mike um, it, he he kind of brought that a lot more of sensibility with him of just you know fuck it Turn up in what you want to wear, so we kind of took that on as well um and we, like i said, we, we we've consciously avoided that eighties retro thrash look um, you, let's not let's just not do that because it's going to kill us if we keep doing it, we don't want to be the same as the other bands who were doing that let's the 80s thing um, you do realize so do
0: you do realize that you have just cast Joel as um uh, Cliff Burton <laughs> in this movie of your band. <laughs> The older dude yeah, exactly. the older dude on bass who just said, fuck Which it, boy. let's just wear what we want, and he introduced flares into the band. Are you fucking
3: serious? <laughs> See, I, I can't avoid this bloody metallic thing. Everything we do, <laughs> it just falls around. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot avoid it. Um, <laughs> That's fucking yeah,
2: awesome.
3: It, it, but yeah, it's, it's how we do. We just, we, we just decide to not be, let's not be ages. Let's just not do it, because it, it'll kill us.
2: Yeah, well, so, be, you know, just be
3: yourself. Just, yeah, let's we'll say we just took on a let's just wear what we want to wear and do it. Let's on stage, let's just wear black. Just wear black. Nobody can read anything into it. It's not like I say we're not wearing our freshly ironed pleasure to kill shirt. <laughs> 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 let's just let's just look black. It'll look more professional. Let's just do that, and it'll you know, it doesn't have any you know, wear blind. There's no ties to it. There's no does not date it, you're
0: just wearing black. You just look, like a, was, you just look like a bunch of burglars. That's, that's it's like a bunch of burglars awesome. having a laugh with you
2: yeah.
0: A bunch a bunch of a bunch of burglars thieving riffs from everybody else, you bastards. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> look speaking of I would have of, gotten away with it too. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which, um, how far down the road are you with your parts for the new album? Uh it's going really
3: slowly. We're, we're, we're there. We're almost there. It's um, I'm holding us it up. It's all my fault. Oh really? Uh, yeah. It's we, we started when uh, it's a long story. All when all quit in 2013, 14, I think it was. Um, we just done Skull the fourth album, um, and Eureka just uh, just you know, got rid of us after the four album deal. So like, see you guys. Right, well, thanks. Bye. <laughs> um, all all quit, and then we got. Piers in to play guitar and we started writing then. And because Piers was still learning the, the old materials, we, went, we still had to go out and tour. Um, he, 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 learned, he learned the set and then um, we tried to start writing then and it, it just kind of stalled. Uh, it didn't really go anywhere, I don't think. And then things started to fall apart with Piers and um, you know, skip ahead a few years and all rejoice. <laughs> Um, and with all being, all always been the main songwriter for Evile. Um He's always the one that comes up with, you know, the, most of the, the wrist and the music, whereas I've always done the lyrics and the melodies and the vocals. Right. I, I get, depends how you want to weight these things, but if you consider that, you know, a 50, 50 split of songwriting, I have no idea. Um, but that's how it generally tended to work. And I've always done a couple of songs as well, seven to all, uh, and between us, we've worked out structures and whatnot. Um, but we've yeah he well, as soon as he's come back on board, he I was stuff for his second solo album he wanted to do, uh, and he just kind of thought, you know what, I'll just check it into the pile, so he <laughs> donated <laughs> a lot of his uh materials to solo stuff, which oddly enough just sounded like e pile um so we've just <laughs> been working we've just been working on those, um and I've been writing a couple i've got i think I've contributed three songs at this time, I' contributed about. Seven, I think so far um, and I'm just I just need to get on with writing the vocals from. Um, But I'm just struggling with I have three kids you know full time job three kids there's just so much other stuff going on that I'm just you know I get maybe a couple hours a week to actually do any writing other than that I'm asleep <laughs> so I'm just trying to uh, yeah it's just how and when really there's no deadline to it um, we're just we're not going to we're just going to do it as it as it feels right I think
0: yeah I mean it's it, the best. well it's, it's ultimately, there's no rush, is there?
3: No, there's, there's no deadlines, there's no, there's no labels breathing down our neck. It's on, it's, it's on us to go out and find a label if any are interested. Um, the only I think the only kind of pressure we've got would be from our booking agent who just wants to know when it's going to be done so we can get out and play some shows and she can make 10 percent. <laughs>
0: do you mean the, uh, do you mean the booking agent that dropped us four days after our album came out? Is that the same one? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not not, not, not not like they've been working towards this point for four years, but um yeah, never mind. I, I wasn't you... aware of that at all. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, you know. Um shit happens. I will um I'll I'll speak to you off air uh, a little bit more a little more. Um, <laughs> that's a good idea. Yes, yes. All oh, right. But um yeah, that was a bit of a fucker. Got a new one on board uh, virtually straight away, but um yeah oh, good. It's just a bit, um, uh, timing sucked a big one, put it that That's way. That's
3: bizarre, timing mean, though, isn't it, really? So
0: yeah, literally literally any other point in the last four years would have been better. Um, that would have been
3: more useful, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. if you know, if at all, but
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, it's, but you know, shit happens such is life. It bloody does, and it but, always uh, bloody does as well. well but we're, we're definitely going to be doing some shows with you guys, though, at some point. That is, I mean, I've spoken to all about it. I'm now going to, I'm now going to get you to swear blind down on it as well. <laughs> um, Cut your palm and
3: well, touch it on
0: the phone. Well, it's just, the thing is, it's ideal because it's basically, we'll do our album tour, you get your album out, you do your album tour, and then when we're both Ready to squeeze the dregs out of um, out out of what we're doing before having to go back and record another album. We can do a fucking co-headliner and bring the old school and the new school together, and it's got to fucking happen. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Oh man, I just think it's. I think. I think. Our fans will love you, your fans will love us. I think it'll be one big fucking loving. And what happens in the course of that is you pick up a load new old school fans and we pick up a load new new school fans. And what more could you possibly want? It's a nice trade, isn't it? Isn't it just? Isn't it it's a just? nice, nice trade. Well, I, Well, I, personally, I think we're I, you're getting a better deal because our fans are a bit older and have money. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: So, <laughs> Our fans are old now too. It's ten years. Oh fuck
0: episode. me! Fair, okay, fair enough. You've got yeah. a very good point. In fact, the more yeah. actually, yeah, they're probably coming to see us already. Yeah, actually, just fuck off that idea of touring together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll feel <you>
2: that.
0: <laughs> now we've got to do that, man. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I just be just be awesome. Really, lo- really looking forward to um, to playing with you guys one day. It would be good. So, what? Can
3: I ask you a question?
0: Of course you can, mate. But you
3: know, you were saying you were you were. Vocal about the well, let's do the elephant in the room thing because uh, you know you seem you were quite vocal about the old like the newer thrash bands.
2: Yes, I remember
3: happened. years and years and years and years ago. I can't remember who it was. Um, <laughs> I remember someone. So I remember somebody saying to me that H from Acid Rain, he fucking hates you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I remember someone... <laughs> I remember somebody said. I don't know if it was uh, some kind of uh, post somewhere, some conversation somewhere. Somebody just said to me, yeah. he absolutely. Fucking hates you. You think you should be the shittiest band in the world? <laughs> <laughs> and that always stuck with me.
0: Wow. Well, I saw, well, I
3: saw, it's it's. Oh, you know what? That's horrible, but not horrible because I know everyone's entitled to their own. Another yeah. one to bring up as well. It's a, a whole other tangent, I'll, I'll I'll fire at you in a bit. But um, it was because I was young at the time. I was only, oh, I say, young. I was twenty-seven or something.
2: Right. Um, right.
3: and just and only just getting used to being reviewed and having things said about your band we even got some death threats from the first album you know it was weird um so all the all these things that were i was just getting used to having these personal (laughs) attacks oh (laughs) mate i know i was like a kid going oh man um i got used to it like within a week i was going yeah whatever it's fine but But that's um, but it's
0: disappointing It's, it's disappointing to hear that um Especially if you you know if if you liked Acid Rain and all the rest of it and and to hear that is incredibly disappointing. Um, so firstly, there was a um, bit of a, there was a bit of that. Yeah, it
3: was a bit of oh Acid Rain. They you know they, they were around for yeah you know, they did really well. I mean you guys on the around for
2: six years. Were you active? For, was it? Yeah, yeah,
0: about that. But but at the time
3: it was like yeah but they were you
0: know they were there they were
3: they were doing
0: it and it, that was a bit oh, yeah. a shame. But yeah but I know, yeah no
3: no well look. Would be there. I, I don't take that as um, as a bad thing though because I I've, I, don't, I don't understand why when when people in other bands say something bad about another, say they don't like another band for some reason that always seems to carry a lot more weight for people. It, than yes. if you're just a normal person saying, and I've never ever understood why people in bands. Can't like the music of other bands. It's nothing personal. Yeah, absolutely. know why, when, when people say that, it's just like, well, fuck that guy. I've never ever got that. Well, it's it's Can almost just,
0: well, it, it's almost like bands are almost expected to not have opinions on other bands. Um, exactly, uh, which is really total bullshit. Up. But look, I've, I, look, let me let me address this. Firstly, yeah, I yeah. probably did say all of that because it does <laughs> it does sound like me, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, uh, secondly. Um, it's interesting that we've. It's interesting from picking up on what a lot of what you've said. Is um, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the first album and and yeah. the fact that it was produced by Fleming Rasmussen as well it just ticked all of the boxes for everything that i was saying earlier about like well, well
2: yeah yeah you know, we and like and it. and oh, then
0: yeah. and you know through the course of our conversation you already said you you were way ahead of me i wasn't i wasn't aware that this was coming <laughs> but um but look, luckily you've given me a few outs here um hey. but as you did you know as you said you be, you, be, you you've gone more kind of like look let's just do our own thing yeah, um yeah. And so, you know, being across thrash metal as a whole, as soon as a new UK band came out, um, then, yeah, let's just say I wasn't a fan. Um, But over the years and, you know, all of your previous work far surpasses that first album for me. And, and, you know, you you, for me, you developed into um, your own band, your own thing, your own sound. Um To the extent that when I was interviewing Bobby from overkill um last year
2: oh,
0: yeah. he said he 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 put, came up with the perfect phrase he said, My problem with new school thrash bands is no one 's picked up the flag and run with it uh, and yeah. and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. He said maybe, yeah. with the possible exception, one band that I thought was maybe going to do something, and, and it was really, it was it was very nearly happening, and it didn't happen for some reason, and that was evil Hey, yeah, he was, and I was, really? and, and and I was like, wow, have you heard the first album? It's shit. No.
2: Fucking hit those guys. I feel like I can say
0: anything now because you've you you fucking you've had that against me, and it's taken you forty-five minutes to get it into the conversation. So um, yeah, no, it's, um, not, it's
3: not against at all. I just wanted to I just wanted to say it. Uh, right, I okay. I don't I don't do grudges. I, I don't. I, it's like I say, and I don't. It winds me up when people in bands aren't allowed to talk about the band. Well,
0: do you that know what? Do you know what? When you say do you, I I. I <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean I'm I i do not get that at all. I mean, um I I guess I just fucking offer my opinion usually if it's asked for, but you to be fair, a great deal of a great deal of the time it's not asked for and uh and it's delivered anyway. So um Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh well let, I tell you what, why don't why don't you listen to what I think about that? <laughs> 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 but, um Um Uh yeah, so anyway, um I,
3: that's I nice of Bobby, though. That's
0: really nice of him. Sorry,
3: Bobby's Bobby, but oh yeah, really yeah, lovely. no, that was
0: and it was that was a really uh, you know genuinely cool comment, and I was like, wow, that is yeah, that's 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 yeah. fucking awesome. That um, is lovely.
3: I mean, well, we we did a few fair few shows of them in the states, and and quite a few times he'd be he'd be sat watching on a chair, he'd be sat watching us. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's great, lovely, lovely guy.
0: Oh, isn't he just? I mean, he's just yeah. like he's just yeah, he's just your favourite. Heavy metal fucking uncle, isn't he? I mean he's just like yeah, he's the dude. Yeah, he's the absolute yeah. dude. He told me an amazing fucking story. Um uh on the um uh what was it? On the uh Oh fucking oh, where was I? Jesus, my my brain has just turned to mush because an email turned up on my laptop. So straight away I'm like <laughs> Duh, I can't remember what I was saying attention yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah it's the old uh, it's the old ADHD kicking in again thank you that's yeah. my excuse natural, natural non-assistance <laughs> yes yeah that's my uh, that's that's absolutely my fucking state of mind but um, no I mean uh, he, he told me an amazing story and he's just got so many fucking stories and he's such a, a passionate guy but boy does he know yeah. his music it, oh yeah he's an
3: encyclopedia isn't he he's, he's, he knows his stuff
0: yeah absolutely I mean I was I, I mean we're talking fan levels of fucking knowledge
3: I don't I just don't uh, Joel's kind of the same as that he just retains all these things about bands he knows he knows who was in certain bands during certain years and who uh, what, who's got what credit he just knows all these things and you go how do you remember this stuff that's kind of I can't hold on to anything more than the, the 10 songs of I'll be singing that night anything else other than that Really? Yeah, I I can't remember anything. Anything to do with <laughs> band members' names, years albums came out, even song titles. I, I cannot hold on to any information at all.
0: <laughs> so, so what about lyrics then?
3: I just barely scrape through. Really? With with what, yeah, for uh, for shows when we're playing, I say I I will warm up for ages before a show and I'll go through the set. Playing it and singing it to make sure
2: it's in there. Fucking hell, wow. I don't know why, I just I just
3: cannot retain information. It's mental. I
0: can't hold on to anything. Well, I, I mean, jo- all joking aside, um, I had um, I had a, my ADHD um, uh, diagnosis at the beginning of this year. Um, right. And uh, it took a long while to, to, to go through the system um, and, and get that. And I'm certainly not saying that um, that um, it's you know you, that you've got ADHD, but one of the things that I struggle with on a daily basis is being able to retain information. Not as badly as that, but yeah, um, you know, uh, if uh, just anything, if my divide, if my attention gets divided, then both things are just going to disintegrate. I can't like do both, and if I'm concentrating on like for instance got my phone in front of me if i'm concentrating on what i'm doing on my phone people can speak to me for 10 20 minutes and i'll be completely unaware that they're talking to me um losing stuff um always losing stuff Forgot where i've put stuff um lists are very handy but yeah that genuinely sounds like there is there is some kind of sort of underlying condition
2: that,
3: that well, is... I don't, I don't, I, i'm not part of it i mean i've had uh... I was diagnosed with uh, depression and anxiety a couple of years ago. So I hit good. a wall big time with it. Um, and I, I had no idea I even had it. I didn't even know anything about it really until I think uh, looking back at it when I was speaking to people about it, um, probably had it when I was about 14. Yeah. And with not, with not knowing what it was, I just assumed that it was my natural state and just yeah. went through life making silly decisions and forgetting things. <laughs> um but yeah, when I hit a wall a few years ago, I had a really big, big kind of, not an episode, the wrong word, but I needed a bit of assistance. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was, yeah, that's when it was all, uh, all sorted out. And yeah, memory loss is, is part of that as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty down so. to that. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, a common struggle. And that's part, part of why that's also been to do with um, on-stage stuff as well. Um, whereas that's why I have to be so prepared with it to know what I'm going to say and then right. practice to say as much as I can because if I don't, um, my attention has to be fully on that, what I'm going to be doing. If, if something breaks it, if something happens that's exactly that unexpected, just, oh, I'm not equipped to deal with this, and the anxiety kicks in.
2: Right, and, okay, uh, yeah. And
3: that's, that, that's kind of where I lose what I'm doing. That's where, like, you know, I wish I had that natural talent to be able to react to those things and have the perfect thing to say.
0: So is I'm that so is that is the preparation... The preparation is a safety guard against um, ending up in a position whereby you'll need to improvise and that will cause you a load of anxiety and potentially tank your performance.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's, I remember doing... Um, but Oddly enough, I, I remember... When was it now? Was it, I think it was in the States when we took the Gamma Bomb. Um, we did a few of those, I think it was Overkill and then... Create a few, and
2: then did the a few DRI. That was
3: awesome. Um, but yeah, because we were playing every night without fail, there were no breaks for a, a few months, and I just I managed to get a routine. So we had half an hour set every night. It was the same, never changed. It was the same, um, and I, I was saying pretty much the same words every night. To the same. Because luckily, the crowds were kind of similar size, so. It, I got, I got it. I, you know, I tweaked it as I was going. Yeah, I was uh, generally saying the same thing generally to the crowd in relation to the song and whatnot. Um, but I had it so rehearsed and well down that my confidence for it just shot straight up when I was doing it, and I performed better. Um, and I remember one show where it was my amp broke, and I think I had to. So I rushed around, got a replacement amp, threw it on stage, and then I think that one broke as well. I think I, I, think I broke two amps, and I think I broke a string straight after it, and I didn't have any spare. <laughs> um, and then I think my voice went, and it all happened within the space of half an hour, I think.
2: Uh, and it hell. just
3: completely threw me. Um, and I overreacted a bit, I just... Something I've never ever ever done, and I would never ever want to do again. But you know, at the time, I didn't know I was suffering with the the old anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, and it just and it just it flicked me, and I just remember running backstage and taking my guitar, and not knowing what to do with myself at all. I just pushed my guitar into a brick wall. Um, luckily it was um free. <laughs> 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 I thought you know, if I'd have, you know, pissed, I'd have been annoyed but it was, it was free <laughs> um, I think uh, I borrowed it off someone and I just remember grabbing the guitar and just pushing it into the wall as hard as I could and I didn't know what to do and I couldn't go back out on the stage and address it and I should have just gone straight back out there and just gone I'm really sorry I've had a nightmare but um, oh, I had to go upstairs the kids are up. two seconds <laughs> um, yeah I remember just not knowing what to do and I just yeah. stopped Backstage, and I could not go back out at all. And so since then, you know, I, I say you learn as you go, don't you? and that was one of the big mistakes I made, um, letting things get to me.
0: How was how were the rest of the band about that?
3: They were really, really annoyed, really yeah. annoyed. But at the time, I, I didn't know what was going on with me, um, and nobody really did. I think they just thought I was being a moody bastard.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's it just rings a bell, you know, because. This is what we do when we're on the road at a certain age. And, and, you know, with perspective, you think, wow, one of the band there is really struggling. But at the time, you just think, you fucking twat, you fucked up my show.
3: Yeah, you've ruined, you've ruined the gig for everyone. And, yes. Yeah, and it,
0: you selfish bastard, like you did it on yeah. purpose.
3: You stormed off stage like a diva. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: man, you must have felt terrible.
3: It was horrible absolutely horrible and I, I can't I just can't remember the sequence of the events there was just some, I'm sure it was amped breaking and there was there, there was something that went so badly wrong that I could not fix it and I, I just I lost it and just went off stage and just put a guitar into a wall so that was the end of that show <laughs> <It> was, yeah <laughs> how were so, you how were you the had...
0: following night because of course your, your routine had been broken so it's like shit was it almost like back to square one as far as I remember, I, th- I think uh, we had to do that tour in, in
3: a couple of stages. I think we did a couple of months, maybe March and April, it's, 20, it's 2010. We, we probably did March and April and did a couple of laps in the States in Canada, and then we came back out um, and did it again. And I think we did some shows in the, in the UK before we went out, so we were quite, we were well-oiled, we knew what we were doing, we were okay on stage. Yeah. And it was when we, we flew straight out to the and did this, say, I think it was the first show, it was the first one with, probably Overkill, actually. I'd have to, I'd have to check the tour, i to look online, yeah. to see what the dates were. but yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the first show back, and it, and oh, it just, yeah. it put the entire thing into this, this horrible cavern of despair, um, but yeah, I think I think after that, I think it was okay. I think I'd, I'd really quickly learned my lesson and then yeah. checked my gear to make sure it was <laughs> working. Yeah.
0: And had, it, had had some spare strings kicking around, you know, things like that.
3: Yeah, I'd actually invest in the things that, you know, as supposed a professional should invest in. The, yeah,
0: the, tu- the tools of your so-called trade. <laughs> Mr. Amateur. Oh, God. <laughs> So, um, so, um, lyrically or vocally, are you, um, yeah. are, are, you, are you, have you got anything down for the new album yet? Or are you, is it, is it just solos and bits and pieces at the moment or what?
3: Uh, currently it's mostly the rhythms, um, rhythms, drums are, are getting there, which, you know, going into it, doing passes on it and adding film. Me, like, me and all are doing it. It's all me and all doing the writing for it so far. Um, vocally, I've, got a list of about 50 song titles and i go back to it every three days and knock one off because
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the way everyone works
3: that's, that's how we write music <laughs> yeah
0: that's what everyone does yeah they come up with 50 song titles and then they just <laughs> chop one off, off every day <laughs> To be success. <laughs> hey, mate, ultimately <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter, does it? I mean I mean some bands out there, mate, right right, always does my head in when, you know, people you hear like anthrax saying, Yeah, we wrote like thirty five songs for this album. It's like What? Yeah. We were away for twenty we God. were away for twenty nine years and the ten songs on the album are the fucking ten songs we've worked on. Yeah,
3: we're the exact same. We have we know. We look at an album. We just think, right? We're going. We're going to go for nine tracks, and we write the nine tracks.
0: And then you, like but that. you absolutely, totally, you stress test them. You pull them apart. You put them back together. You do absolutely everything. By the time I'm finished with by the time I'm finished with songs, I'm ready to go into the studio. Right? I'm absolutely in love with all of them. Most of them. Some we're yeah. going to see how they'll come off in the studio. All the rest of it. But the thought that I don't. But but at the end of that process. I, I was going to go in and record maybe 16 or 17 and keep the best 10. I'd be like, there's no way I could let go of any of those songs because they require yeah. so much work. And I, uh, yeah, I always looked at it as the amount of time you're going to spend on it. If you can spend,
3: so you've got a year to write an album, you're going to spend a certain amount of time. So you can write 30 songs. That's, Time that
2: could have been spent writing only ten and
0: making them the best. Yes, songs you yes,
3: could. yes, exactly. Why would you write thirty
2: songs? Yeah,
0: Why? I know, I know, and I'd never, ever be. I mean, that so so I'd have to bin off like what fucking twenty twenty set, sets of lyrics. You're fucking joking, aren't you? I put do my heart and soul into my lyrics.
2: Oh
3: well, yeah, exactly. Do you do them last? Um, or do you work? Do well, you work I, uh, I like I'll
0: just come as it comes. I I write lyrics as and when. Um they just they just come to me and I'll usually um it usually takes me from start to finish to write a song probably about twenty to forty minutes. Um and that's it. If once I've got the idea going and once the words are coming, uh, I just have to type it as quick as possible. Um 'cause Wow,
2: that's
0: fast. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bizarre. I've been known to write two in one day before. Um and, um, but then I'll, but then I'll walk away and I'll come back an hour later and I'll look and I'll make a couple more edits, but yeah, definitely. Uh, do a reread. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely in the space of a, of a couple of hours, then I'll have gone from having nothing to having what I consider to be the finished article. But then again, I always write too many words. So what I consider to be the finished article will then be seriously fucked about with, um, yeah. after that. But, um, yeah song title is very important for me so i know where you're coming from on there because i think once you've got a title it almost to me sort of sends you in the direction that that gives you the direction of where you need to go lyrically for the rest of the song or whilst i'm writing it there'll be a line where i go oh that's the title and i'll go back up to the top and write that as the title yeah i've
3: yeah i kind of do it um Several different ways. I don't have a set method at all. Um, yeah, it could be. I could think of a song title. But write that down. I could think of a. a I couldn't like. I could find out a quick, a quick two line, half a verse. Yeah, think, that sounds really good.
2: Yes. What could come after
3: yeah. that? I think. Oh, but yeah. And it, and it, I've got. Little, I've got so many notes written, just oddly placed that they don't make any sense. they Don't correspond to each other. Just tons and tons of notes. And uh, when we get music done, um, we normally have the songs. Structured, you know, the riffs sound good, they, they work together. Um, normally, I'll then just go in and look at it and come up with a, a vocal line for it, and do a couple of la la las where the notes can go, and then apply my notes to it and then tweak right. as we go. Um, see it's th- kind of a bit by bit. I, I, don't, I couldn't, there's no way I could sit down and do a full set of lyrics in 40 minutes. It takes me six months. <laughs>
0: Well I, I I I am I do realize I'm a bit odd like this but also I'll oh. No, it's amazing. I'm so
3: impressed.
0: <laughs> no, it's all right mate. It's, it's honestly it's just it's an affliction. Um but what what happens is what happens is I, I always write independently um and by that I mean independently of the band independent of thought independent of music. I just write. You see as I found out when I was interviewing Fish um I'm a writer that can sing. I'm not a singer that can write. So, oh, okay. that's good so, way out, yeah. so so writing to me is very important. So for me, when I get going, it's just spewing out of me. And, and it's, it's unedited completely. Um, some of it rhymes, some of it doesn't, whatever. It's just going on the page and that's that. And so for me, it's important to just, for me, it's important for the lyrics to be written completely independently of anything else, and certainly on 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 the last album, there's all all of the lyrics were written independently of the music. Nothing was written to order. Um, it's a good way to do it. Well, I think. I, well, I think you end up with purity. You end up with purity of music, and you end up with purity of lyrics, and then it's a case of you know, you know, doing that doing that that thing where you're where you're you know you you you're merging them together. Um. But funnily enough, sometimes I've written a set of lyrics and then I've heard a set of music and gone, well, there for that. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, that's the vibe. That's the vibe I was looking for. That's absolutely, you know, where I'm at. And then other times, I remember having the lyric, there's writing on the wall, but what does it say? Should I worry about tomorrow or today? Waking up screaming in a pouring sweat. Open my eyes, amazed I'm not dead yet. And that... I had that lyrical phrase for fucking months, but just that. And I just had it on my notes on my phone thinking that there's a song there somewhere. And then one day, yeah. yeah, And then one day I opened up to my laptop and those words came in my head and I opened the document it's on and I finished the rest of the song. Um, Wow. But it's just, you know, it, it just comes and goes as it were was a definite skill to be able to do that. Well, I think it's. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. But I, th- I think it, it comes from comedy as well. Comedy is very much a case of, I've never written comedy. It just comes to you, and all of a sudden you just go, oh fucking hell, like that, and you write it down. So it's kind of I've just carried on the way I write comedy. I've kind of carried on the way I write lyrics, but just kept the odd line here and there. Um, but it's. But then when it comes to writing a set of lyrics, it's completely different to writing comedy. Altogether, but I've just become more disciplined at making notes, and when I have an idea, go write that down because my fucking brain is for shit. So if I do have a, a line or a, a group of words that I like the sound of together or anything like that, I've got to write them down straight away.
3: Yeah, um, I do the same thing. That is yeah. a really good handshake there between the concepts of, like, say, your comedy and your and your music is a really good handshake to have. That it's the same principle, isn't it? Really, um, like just. Complement
0: each other so yeah, well. It it is it, it is. It's the that. It's, it's, it is that discipline of I've had an idea, I need to write it down. Yeah, you know, and which is which is important, and but also recognizing collections of words that work together as well, and 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 just double meanings and and things like that that I'll make a note of. Um, the weirdest thing ever is the title to the song "The Man Who Became Himself," which was a line from the movie. The lobster. And um and I remember hearing it and writing it down and thinking, That's cool. And then when it came to going on tour to um uh and the, you know, the lead single was The Man Who Became Himself, I thought it'd be really good to get the bit of dialogue from the movie where she says, Oh, you know, you wrote your poem, it's we've decided to call it The Man Who Became Himself. I thought, well, it'd be really cool to have that line of dialogue and we can use that as an intro tape.
2: Uh Uh, So
0: I went through the movie the line is not in the movie. So I went to YouTube, watched all the extras. The line's not there. I borrowed. So then I got Pete and Paul in, in the band on the case, Google searching lines of dialogue. And Paul came back to me and basically said the only existence of the phrase, the man who became himself on the internet, is from our single of the same name. So I have no fucking idea where that's from or where it's gone. Or if you was... just convinced yourself it was from that film. Well I was absolutely convinced mate. I sat and watched the whole fucking film like a dick. Right. <laughs> Wait, including the bit including the bit of the movie where I was sure it was. And and I was like, come on, where is it? And it just and it never appeared. I was fast forwarding through <laughs> the movie going, it's gotta be in here somewhere. And uh and then I was just you know and i was saying to pete and paul look you know and paul is a you know is a movie editor he's a fucking screenwriter he you know it's his world he was like oh don't worry i can i'll find that for you in 2 minutes on google and then he came back like about half an hour later and went mate the only existence of that phrase on the internet is as our single you are a genius <laughs> <laughs> i am weird <laughs>
3: I have all of the brains
0: yeah exactly he's like oh yeah I think you're just dreaming fucking I'm dreaming movies with song titles within the movies and it
3: pays
0: off well the thing is i the thing is I've, I've as I've said before to many people that's not a ooh isn't the word you know isn't the word spooky kind of story that story is that phrase is fucking somewhere will somebody please find out where it is and let me know when you do because it's doing please my help. it's doing my fucking edit in. it's insane uh, have you ever had anything like that happen to you hmm I don't think
3: so. There's, there's a weird little thing that I, um, we did, oh, what was it now? There was a, a film company that got in touch with Eric years ago and they said, uh, oh, hi, we're, we're producing the new uh, Neil Jordan film. Um, and nice. And we were originally looking for uh, a Metallica track. Again, Metallica coming up again. Um, yeah. We wanted to use a Metallica song called Sliver, um, but we can't afford it. So somebody puts in touch with you because you've got a band called Evil. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, so we must be somewhere out there, somewhere knows us. The poor man's Evile. Uh, and Sorry, um, we are that too.
0: Actually, if you were the poor uh, man, if you were the poor man's fuck me, that that would really be something to look at.
3: Something to aspire to isn't it. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. So we we we're wondering if you guys got um, anything that's similar to that song. So Eric uh, give us a shout and uh, said, we've had this email through, um, what do you reckon, do you want to be in J- Neil Jordan film? And said, uh, yeah, sure. Well, how about this one? So we, we recommended this song to him and it was going to be used in a scene where a guy gets really drunk and he's just jumping around his room in front of his family. Um, and uh, yeah, fair enough, cool. <laughs> and we we let him use it, but we never got to really see it until it came out on DVD. So I remember getting a copy of the DVD, sitting down to watch it, and I don't remember seeing or hearing that scene or the music in the film. Ah. And it was really weird, and, I, and I'm sure it's there, but I, maybe I fell asleep for that minute, I don't know. What, so what's the movie it.
0: called? What's the movie called? Uh,
3: uh, Ondine. On got, um, On Ondine, O-N-D-I-N-E. It's got oh, right. um, Colin Farrell in it. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it was quite a big deal, actually, And I, I don't remember us being in it.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, well, all of the listeners out there will now be thinking, fucking all right, I'm going to check that film out.
3: Yeah, I'll have to... I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've got a copy of it somewhere. I remember... I'm going to have to go and check it again, because in my head, I don't remember seeing it or hearing the song and going, yeah, we're doing the Jordan film." But yeah, it's, I don't remember hearing it. So well, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what.
0: If we, get, if we get loads of people tweeting the podcast and letting me know where it is and all the rest of it... Um, given you're not on social media, yeah, I'll I'll text you the answers. Oh, thank you.
3: Well, I, 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 oddly enough, I do
0: have a Facebook. I just don't use it. I only use it for my cinema. Ah, right, okay. Well, and, I, uh, I, I kind of like that, man. I kind of like that. I, I, you know, good on you. Do, you. do you do WhatsApp? Uh, yeah, I've got WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, I've we got like a Deval one. We,
3: chat nonsense
0: on it occasionally <laughs> well believe uh, it or not WhatsApp is WhatsApp is technically a social um, a social media platform so you've been oh one. there you go alright I'm already
3: done them. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: exactly you're an expert you can hire yourself <laughs> out for hundreds now yeah <laughs> I've worked so, something
3: finally <laughs> yeah
0: social media expert I know how to use WhatsApp give me your phone here not a problem social <laughs>
3: media expert amateur frontman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amateur front man. You're a pro, dude. <laughs> We're well, honestly you you guys have I, I mean I think you guys have kind of taken the flag of UK thrash and um further than anyone, without a doubt. I mean I think currently of all of the UK thrash bands out there, I think you you stand top of the tree. And I'm including um all of your old schools in there, I'm including us, including Onslaught and Zentrix and and, and and everybody. I think um Oh wow I thank you. think you've really sort of, you know, Sat at the top of the tree and um, um, and and set the standards these days, which is which you know really guts me to say that after your shitty first album, <laughs> a pile of crap. <laughs> H, well, H, H from like, Acid Rain, yeah. H from Acid Rain hates you. <laughs> Fucking hell!
3: And, and now he love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah, what a two-faced <laughs> cunt. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The weird thing, is, right? I, I'm most proud of our last album, the the fourth one. I I think it was.
0: Yeah, but you exactly, always are. Yeah, but you always are, though, aren't you? You're always proud, proud well, of your most recent album. If you're not, there's a fucking problem. No,
3: not even that. Even from it's been what it came out five six years ago. So in between that time, when we've been either learning some of the older songs to play live again, or even in the past. We've not played live for over a year now. It's been ages, and in that time, I've, been, I've, I've you know I've not picked up a guitar as much. I've not done any vocal training. I've, I've just hopped it all off because I've been working and you know bringing up kids. Um, and the, when you go back to the songs, you listen to them again, going through the albums um, as a listener and a, and a fan of music. We always we always try to write songs that we would want to listen to. As fans of metal, um, well, you know, thrash metal, I guess, because that's what we're doing. But I've always said that's a, a, very, a very big. Uh, my words are failing me today, they really are. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say metal as a genre because that would be a bit too uh, hard to reach those lofty heights because there's some amazing metal bands out there. But of thrash metal, we, uh, the songs we want to hear are what we write. So uh, going back and listening to those albums again to hear how they hold up to our expectations of the writing compared to getting them into your ears again as a as a listener. Yeah, um, the, the fourth one really holds up as a as a kind of a, a complete package and a, a sound of, of how I think we should sound and it, it's, and it's still got it. It's still there. It sounds like it sounds like evil.
0: So that mm-hmm. is your that that really is the the standard for you that you've got to you know reach slash um, better with the new stuff.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's got it, it's always got in it more of what I wanted to put in, and it. that's a bit more of a, a touch of death metal in there. It's got that that kind of uh, a bit of roughness to it. One thing I'm not a fan of is. Um, a lot of modern productions can go so far towards making everything as perfect as it can be. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
3: It just loses, especially with thrash metal, because you need that kinetic push to it. Um, it you, you lose a lot of the dynamic in it, and, and I'm so sad when I when I see great bands just kill all the dynamics that they should have yeah. in a record. Totally and it, agree. And it's, just, it's flat, and it, I hate it. Totally um, so agree. One thing, that's, that's one of the main reasons why we went with Ross to record our albums with, because um, he absolutely understands what we're doing. And he's, I don't know if he's done it, I'm sure he's done it on purpose because he's, he's a clever bugger. Um, he's, he's built in, I think he always kind of held back a bit. Like, this might sound like you'll hear this and go, you twat. But <laughs> it, I, always, I always suspected that he held back a little bit of what he was doing so he could, there's always somewhere to go with the next one. For, for progression and making it that little bit heavier, that little bit dirtier, that little bit uh, more attention grabbing. Just um, and it, there's a there's a really clear progression from the second through the third to the fourth album to my ears that they just get better every time. Yeah, and and I kind of suspect that Russ just really knows what he's doing, and he and he gets that. I'll need that little bit of um, you know that that that. that light and dark like push and pull
2: between yeah.
3: instruments and if you if you have all those quantizing stuff and yeah. perfectly timed hits and all
0: that stuff it just are gone well I am absolutely exactly the same that's why we went for a more organic kind of production with the new album um, everything on the album is raw sounds so and you can tell
3: and it sounds great as well oh you thank you man! straight away you can tell
0: well it, it, it's like all of those drums that's they they are the drum sounds there's no fucking samples replacing the drums the guitars were recorded uh guitar Paul plugged into a Ibanez Tube Screamer into a Marshall JCM800 and we mic oh. and we mic it up Oh there you go So those that you know the guitar sounds are everything is is pure, and that's why we wanted everything to sound. I'm really glad that it. That, I'm really glad you think that we've that we pulled it off because I think we, you know, we were really pleased with you know how it sounds, and we want we wanted to go for bigger. Do you know what I mean what what's wrong with going for a fucking you know a production that sounds huge instead of a production that's been mixed for fucking earbuds? Exactly. Yeah, and it
3: it definitely comes across. It, actually, that's one of the things I thought when I listened to it. I did think this sounds larger. I listened to it, I, I had it on the other day when I was, uh, what's it called? I was in the kitchen I think I had it on when I was cooking and and it, it just comes across as yeah, bigger, larger more, and, it, and I thought and another thing I really thought as well is it just it's really, really consistent as well it, it, it's, not, it's an odd kind of compliment to give someone, that was consistent <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, in, in, a, in a really positive way it's a really consistent home it, it's one of those that starts doesn't let up and it ends and it ends at that same height and it's um, yeah i was really
0: impressed oh cool man thank you i mean you know we just wanted to do 44 minutes in and out old school you know take people on a journey it's written as an album it's not a bunch of songs it's written as an album the idea is that you know you take you take people on a journey and by the end of it and and it's you know if you listen to one song off the album, you you should want to listen to them all. Do you know what I mean? It's not a playlist album. Yeah. It's there for you. You're supposed to listen to it in the order we gave it to you and it's put like that together for a reason.
3: Yeah, exactly. yeah a lot of people don't um, know, do they? But you, how much effort you put into sequencing as well. That You'll sit down, you'll listen to that thing so many times to go, right, that one goes there. you should we hear this one
0: first. You, one, that.
3: it's so much the little details
0: do you know what mate? Kind of, do you know what mate I was absolutely dreading sequencing the album and doing the track listing and it was all done in about three emails <laughs> I mean yeah. I was yeah I was fucking dreading it thought it's like everybody's gonna want you know we're all gonna disagree blah 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 blah, blah. Um, and we'd, we'd done it all in the space of three emails signed off job done <laughs> but I think when you live with songs so long, you just kind of know where they should be. Do you know what I mean? If someone says, and if someone, says, field, and if someone yeah. says, "But what about that there?" You all, the rest of you all, just go, "No, you're wrong." Nah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that is a poor idea.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, relegate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, mate, I could I could sit here and and chat to you for another fucking hour and twenty minutes because that is how long we've been talking, believe it or not. Um, even with
3: interruptions, excellent.
0: <laughs> even with interruptions, because I paused the I paused the interruptions, so that is pure one one hour twenty two minutes of pure chat. <laughs>
2: Perfect.
0: Perfect. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I will definitely yeah. get you get you back on um, whenever I can. Um, I really enjoyed talking oh, to do. you, man. Really enjoyed it's it. A
3: pleasure. I'd love to.
0: Cool, man. Well, look, thank you very much. Um, this will be out as um, uh, as part of the November podcast but I will be doing um, I'll be doing a Christmas special I don't know what on yet but I'm sure I'll get I'm sure I'll get you roped into that somehow no
3: please do I'm well well up for it will do
0: All right, mate absolutely lovely to meet you um, as it were
3: pleasure
0: and um, (laughs) I I look forward to uh, look forward to playing some shows together man and good luck with the album excellent thank you and uh, congrats on yours as well well done awesome thanks dude Cheers, dude. Cheers, mate. See you, bye. Bye Bye-bye. And there you have it. Um, Wow. Um, We're up to two hours and 40 minutes. This is like the old days, coming up for the three-hour BoloCast. Remember the old three-and-a-half-hour ones? Yeah, fucking hell. How the hell did we ever get through those together? (laughs) Um, So um, we are coming up to the end of the podcast now. Um, I am going to do a section... ...at the end of the podcast... Um, ...about the... ...passing of... Um, ...former Music for Nations chief... ...and Secret Records chief... ...Martin Hooker... ...the man who signed my band Acid Rain... Um, ...who died this week... ...and I am going to do a section... Uh, ...I'm going to do that at the end of the podcast... Um, ...because for some of you... ...it will mean something... ...for some of you it won't... ...but also I don't I don't want to leave the podcast... ...on a downer... Um, and it just didn't fit in anywhere else. So anyway, um, at this point, I'd like to thank you all for listening, for getting this far, um, for supporting the podcast any way you can. The Nay the Bollocast. Uh, if you it, you know, please share it, especially this edition. I mean, come on, Matt from Evil who hardly does in, ever does interviews. You got, with, with revealing some amazing stuff. You got Barney from Napalm. Come on, share it, please, please, pretty please with a cherry on top. Um, because you, you, the, the, you, the Bollocker Army are the biggest asset that I have to spreading the word. I'd really appreciate it if you did. It'd be fucking awesome. For those of you who are interested, sign up at Patreon. Sign up for one month, spend six dollars, and just download all all the shit that you want, and then and then leave again. I mean, fucking hell, why not do that? You know, or, or, you, or you, you, might, you, you might turn up there and go, wow, there's loads of stuff here. No, I'm going to stay. Or you might go, yeah, this isn't for me. But you know, as a one-off, it might be a good idea. I'm just saying it. I'm just putting it out there. I did say I wasn't going to mention Patreon again earlier, didn't I? I'm sorry about that. I did. My bad. So, um, thank you all for listening. It has been a journey. We've done it together. We've been, we've been on. We've been doing this for quite a while now, and um, you know, I'm going to continue doing it. Whether you sign up at Patreon or not, I've mentioned it again. um, But it's, it's just great. It's great knowing I'm doing this, that there's people out there that are listening to it. That's it. I love the stories of where you listen, how you listen, what you do when you listen. And in fact, if you're listening to the podcast right now, okay, what I want you to do, if you're driving and you're listening to the podcast and you're driving right now, what I want you to do right, is wind down your window, now, I know it might be a bit cold, all right, well, it would be if you're over here, if you're not in this country, it might be warm, wind your window down, right, your driver's window down, or your passenger window, whatever you, wherever you are, wind the fucking window down, wind, wind it down, how the fuck, right, first off, sell the car that you're driving that hasn't got electric windows and has got old-style windy windows, right, get up to date, right, just get the window down. I'm making right hash of this, right? And after three, I want you to shout bollocks, right? One, two, three,
2: bollocks! I'd love shit
0: like this. Honestly, I'm such a child. And remember, if you go to a gig between bands, somebody shout. Just somebody shout bollocks really loud. Then, shumb- then uh, somebody shouts bollocks back, and then somebody reply with talking bollocks. And then you'll know that there's other other bollockers in the building. Please do it just for me. If you hear that at any gig, please do let me know. That would be relatively amusing. All right. So anyway, look, thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for listening. That's the end of this month's episode. Um, There will now follow a tribute to Martin Hooker. Thanks a lot. See you later. So Martin Hooker was the man that signed my band, Acid Rain, to uh, Music for Nations way back in 1987. He was also um, the man who was very instrumental in uh, the early years of Metallica's career, to an extent that when Metallica were going to sign to Elektra, the major label, they wanted to stay on Music for Nations for for Europe. Um, But Elektra, of course, being a major, we're having none of it. You know, we want you for, um, you know, we want you for the... Yeah, you know, the whole world, or, or not at all. Um, he was just so approachable, such a such a really nice guy. So supportive, so fucking supportive over the years that we were um, that we were on the label, right, right up until when we weren't on the label. And then again, you know, um, uh, it was it was him and Jem Howard who were totally up for doing the worst of Acid Rain, doing a compilation album of a, of a band that they just. That they just dropped well not dropped, but the contract's come to an end and we decided to go our separate ways. But it just goes to show what a what a lovely bunch they were. I mean, Music for Nations record deals, we got our masters back after ten years. That was unheard of. It used to be like labels would sign and, and they'd want you to own your masters in perpetuity. That means forever. And um sorry if that was patronizing. He was um he was just immensely supportive to me personally as well um i had some rough times um in the band and um he was incredibly supportive um and uh, you know at one stage there was a, there was a there was a period where um, i'd actually left acid rain we were on tour and you know, things had come to a head and i'd actually left slash been kicked out and i remember ringing the label and speaking to the, speaking to um The uh, the office manager there and she was like, oh, hang on a second. Martin wants a word. And he he came on the phone. He said, right, what the fuck's going on? H?" And I was like, I told him and he was like, right, we'll go back and tell them all they can fuck off. They don't have a record label and they and they can't use the band name or I'll sue them to death. And we're going to rebuild the band with just you. You're the person I believe in. You're the one I've you're the one I'm going to stick with. And at the time, I was absolutely in bits. I mean, you know, the band was my life's work. I was 19 years old and being told that I wasn't welcome anymore, and to hear that—if somebody could have written down on paper the exact words that I needed to hear at that point—that would have been—that would have been it. Um, and I can—I can never thank him enough for that, and I'm never going to get the chance to. Um, I'm awaiting funeral details, and. Um, uh, Jem, I got I got a message from Jem Howard this week that um, that told me you know what had happened. Um, well, that he'd passed. I still don't know exactly what had happened. Um, and this man was such a major, major part of my life. I've got no idea where I'd be now or what I'd be doing if he hadn't signed the band. Um, and it's just, it's just. It really, really hit me. It absolutely knocked me for six. Um, I, I was just, I, I can't, I don't know why it hit me so hard. I think because he was such a major part of my life for for, for those years. Um, and he was always, always um, there for me in that, in that time. And so supportive and I know I keep saying that but that's the word that keeps springing to mind Um, and he was just he was single-minded he was larger than life Um, if I rang the label and he uh, and he was available we'd, we'd chat if he wasn't available I'd leave a message he'd call me back this is you know this is the the head of the label you know the man who is overseeing all of those great releases that everybody remembers, all the death albums, all the fucking, just about every thrash album, you know, that wasn't on Roadrunner. Um, you know, it was, it was MFN versus Roadrunner back, back in those times. And it was just fucking incredible. Um, and I just, I kind of feel like a, a part of my life has been, has been deleted. You know, um, it just, it just, it, do, it doesn't seem real. It's such a weird feeling. And to give you some idea, I mean, there was a day ago, there was a tweet from Metallica saying, we were deeply saddened to hear that Martin Hooker, the man who formed Music for Nations for our first record label back in 1983, has passed away. And there's a picture of the gold disc of Kill 'Em All. Um, And there's there's the picture of Martin that, funnily enough, is from my tweet. So there you go, Metallica reviews my picture. Um, uh, And it looks like I broke the news to quite a few people because... um, There was many, many um, uh, uh, kind of um, rock sites who retweeted my tweet, Um, and um, and Dee Schneider, um, who I tagged in the tweet because I said, "Look, I know how you feel." Um, He he quoted my tweet um, and and said these words: "Martin Hooker was the first guy with the sack to sign Twisted Sister." recorded and released under the blade and that gave us just enough push to make it to Atlantic Records also he caught a piece of fruit thrown at us at the Reading Festival on the fly and ate it hashtag R.I.P. Martin Um, and um, lots of outpouring from lots of people on social media who who thanked him for um, their um, you know for, for his influence in their lives because of the music that he was responsible for signing and putting out um, such a lovely guy I mean, how many people in bands can you hear, you know, Dee Schneider paying him a wonderful tribute, Metallica paying him a wonderful tribute, me trying to pay him a wonderful tribute, doesn't happen yeah, you hear so many tales about label, you know, labels and bands being in conflicts and everything else and um, he was one of the old guard. he was one of the old school and he'll um, be deeply missed by me and so many other people see you later, Martin